Good morning, JFW family. Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, Jim, Brother Dave, Super Dave, and welcome to our podcast, our special guest, Sergeant Mike Abel. Morning, everybody. Morning. Morning, Good Mike. Morning. Morning, morning everyone. Guys. Uh, I'm super excited about this podcast. I'm super excited about our guests. We got a lot to cover. We got a robust outline. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. That's good. <clears throat> in our typical fashion, let's start off with the pledge. Yeah, anybody that wants to join us in the trucks, join us. Yep. Pledge of allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. As a reminder, anything you hear in today's podcast is not the opinion of JFW. It's also not the opinion of the Broomfield Police Department. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to add anything to that, Mike? No, Jam. I think you covered it. Last week, episode 58 did pretty well. That was Ray Ray's podcast. There was 443 downloads. We're at 21,590 total downloads, and we have 153 followers. So nice, slowly growing. I enjoyed Good. last week's podcast because I wasn't here and I ah. got to listen to it. That and was it, your first one, wasn't it? It was a new perspective <laughs> for me because obviously, when you listen to one you've recorded, right? I, there's no surprise, right? right. So I, 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 it was, it was just good. I enjoyed oh, nice. it, you know. And it was Ray was. I think Ray did a really good job expressing, you know, his life and some yeah. of the stuff that that he's had happen, or you know, what what he's been through and whatnot. And I just, I. I'm glad Ray's part of our team. He does a great job. He did a great job. He does a great job. He did a great job on the podcast. And I did get a lot of uh, feedback that people just loved hearing his story and the transparency. And, you know, just it was pretty raw. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was, I was going to kind of save it for a shout out here. I mentioned Ray. Um, my brother-in-law, he's a avid listener i guess or fan list loves to listen to him and stuff but one thing he mentioned about ray after listening to ray's story and as honest as ray was that all the rest of us just don't have an excuse if ray can (laughs) if ray can accomplish what he's accomplished on from where he came from because you know like we all talked ray didn't say he was you know homeless well he mentioned he was homeless but he said he came from the gutter that yeah. was that was he, Ray's words. Those are Ray's right? words. He said, and, "I'm you, from the gutter." Exactly, and that, you know, my my son-in-law Tyler is like he said that just gives none of the rest of us there there is no excuse. Yeah. Right. I compare it to seeing a guy in a wheelchair at the gym. Yeah, like, yeah there you go, Jim. Yeah. That's true. He made yep. it yep. right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, well, let's kick off the dad joke challenge. Mike, you're the newcomer. We always make the the new blood go first. Okay, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Where is King David's temple located? Oh, we got we got church jokes <laughs> right next to his ear. <laughs> you know, and, and growing up, I had a father that was a traffic cop. I always suspected he was stealing. I could see the signs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you get it. He's rolling them out. Yeah. The new guy brings right, it, right? That's, right? that's all I got. You might be the new podcast host. Yeah. Nice job, man. He's bringing the well, heat. He, he suckered me in. I'm thinking, hmm, in Jordan or Israel? Uh, where would that temple be? <laughs> right next to his ear. That was a good one. That's, that's funny. A good one. Uh, might as well go clockwise. All right, let's do it. So 
I had kind of have a, a hunting and a gun joke to a degree, right? You see, so, I got my hunting shirt on. Right? I, I see that, and I know you've been pulling the gun puns lately. So, yeah. So, two hunters are out in the woods when one of them collapses. He's not breathing, so his friend frantically calls 911. They answer. He says, my friend is dead. What should I do? The operator replies, calm down, sir. First, make sure he's really dead. There's silence, then a bang. Back on the phone, the guy says, okay, now what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's a good one. Well, since, we, <clears throat> since we've talked about ears, um, why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because <laughs> that would be a foot. There you go. <laughs> wow. Man, that was almost rehearsed. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Nice. Help me out with the punchline. That's line, like buddy. the first answer right. I've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was good. That's good. So, mom's fixing dinner, right? And she's got six kids, but she only has five potatoes. How many potatoes are each kid going to get? <laughs> Guessing this is a math joke, Dave. <laughs> Oh, man, don't be silly. She's going to make mashed potatoes. <laughs> ah, very good. Well, in honor of having uh, Sergeant Mike Abel on, I have a cop joke. So an officer sees a man exit a bar closing time and get into his car. After observing some erratic driving, he pulls the man over. The, the officer asks the driver, where are you going at this time of the night? The man replies, well, I'm on my way to attend a lecture about alcohol abuse and, and its effects on the human body, as well as smoking and staying out late. The officer says, who would give that kind of lecture at this time of night? The man says, my wife. Attend a lecture. New employees. We have a new driver, Frank McCoy, started Monday. Welcome to the team, Frank. Nice. Welcome, Welcome, Frank. Board, Welcome, Frank. Frank. And we got some great celebrations this week. Anniversaries, Don Keller, two years today. All right. Good for you, Don. Thank you. <clears throat> and then we got Paco Pox Nahara. He's got four years this coming Saturday. You know, you know what's impressive about Paco being here four years? Yeah. Do you, do you guys know? But I know Jam does only because I, I overheard it, so I had Jam double check it. No. Do you know he's never called out? He's never had a sick day in four oh, I years? Did, I did know yeah. that. He, he told me that because he said, last year, Dave, do you remember when I was telling you I haven't called out in three years? And I was like, well, yeah. He goes, well, guess what? Now I haven't called out in four years. That's wow. awesome. Wow. That's, right right yeah. on. Good for you, Paco. Yeah, Thank way you. to go, Paco. Yeah. He's still got to make it till Saturday, but I have a good feeling he'll do it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, bet he's, I bet he can pull it off. He's got yeah. a pretty good track record, right? Paco, you're, you're a better man than me because I've had a few call outs. Yeah, me too, yeah. Jim. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Birthdays, we got Israel Ish Coronado. His birthday was on the 11th. Rick Colleen, his birthday was yesterday. Todd Dull, his birthday's on the 16th. And Veronica Ariola, her birthday is on the 17th. Ver nice. Veronica's birthday is a big one. I'm not going to give the number, but. Well, she's yeah. 20, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turning 21, it's a big oh, tw one. 21, yeah. <laughs> Get the drink, right? <laughs> right? Right. Well, happy birthday, right. everybody. Yep. Yeah, happy birthday, everyone. Enjoy. A lot of good family birthday celebrations. We got Don Keller's wife, Judy. Her birthday was also on the 11th. See, Claudia Alvarez, she turns 10 on the 13th. That's Francisco's daughter. Emma Nykema, that's Kurt Spencer's significant other. She 
She turned, well, I don't know what she turns, but her birthday's on the 13th. <laughs> Megan Flathers, Mike Tafoya's significant other, her birthday's on the 14th. And then George Martinez, Andrew Martinez's son, turned seven on the 16th. So, wow. Right on. A lot, yeah. a lot of December birthdays. Yeah. 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 Happy birthday, Absolutely. everybody. Yeah. 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 What is that back up to, St. Patrick's Day? Or? Yeah. Oh, Valentine's Day. Ah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, almost to the day. Right? Huh. Yeah. yeah. I love seeing the reason why. I love seeing the I love seeing the kids' birthdays because that's celebration. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Yeah. like it like turning seven. Yeah, what a great age, seven. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, some adults though that just love their birthday. Yeah, I mean they just they live for that day. Like they take the day off work. They, you know, it is they've got it planned out. They're doing this. They're doing that. And I missed it. Who does that? I, just some people, Jan. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I know oh, some we've got people, people that, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they relish the day. It's yep. it's awesome. Then some other people like me. I've I've been there, done that, had enough of those birthdays. <laughs> right, I don't want right, to see yeah, right. Yeah. You know, well, I do want to see more, but you know, <laughs> I, I'd like to go be that twenty something birthday again, or yeah, that thirty something yeah. birthday. Actually, yeah. I think I took my birthday off this year. My my wife still makes a big deal out of my birthday. I, I don't really want her to do that, but. She wants it to be a special day, and she asked me to take it off. So That's think, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got the PTO. You might as well do it. What a great Absolutely. thing to do it. So. Yeah, I think it's more of an age thing when you get to, right. not like You're you jaded. said, Dave, You're not, not really excited about your birthday. It's an age thing. It's still, it is. Yeah, it's still a great day. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Shout outs. I want to give a personal shout out to Patrick Gallegos. Patrick was up at Fry last week. Minding his business, waiting to get underneath bin two, and uh, another truck pulling a steel rock tub came by and uh, just totally ran into the back of his trailer. You know, rock trailer to trailer, and uh, jarred the jarred the truck pretty good. But Patrick Gallegos handled that accident perfectly. It's kind of like when we talk about, you know, if Mikey calls you about a mechanical problem and he asks you, you know. How many doors does a truck have? And you tell him, you know, the trailer's fine. <laughs> you know, Patrick was on point. He was precise. He was clear. It was easy to work the accident with him. Good. And he did everything just perfect. So nice. Made me feel like he's a super, super competent person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we've had it like, okay, here's what you do. And then the driver did something completely different. And sure. Like, well, right. Now, sure. now there's more work involved. You know, that video too, Jim, you know, we talk about that speed and space and, you know, driving past someone sitting still and that situational awareness all the time. That yeah. always seems to be our key, the situational awareness. And man, that other truck, that driver had no situational awareness. He yeah. was coming past us. I don't know how fast he was going to pass us as it, we were sitting still. It was still. fast in the video, yeah. wasn't it, David? It I mean, like it was, was it's like a blur of light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked yeah. like over 20, and I'm sure it wasn't 20. But it I mean, like when, he sped up. Yeah, when you're, when you're within two or three feet from something and you're going past it that fast, right. you know, what if up there in the pit, what if the driver would have opened the door or something like that? What I mean, if it, somebody was in front of the truck and came walking out? Right. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, just, just, yeah. Yeah, just That's that situational awareness. Just slow down and... That you just have to think of those things. I don't know where, I don't know at what point you gain that aptitude, right? Or that awareness, you know, because it's clearly a, a maturity thing. We talk about that all the time, more more years driving and whatnot, you know, just. The thing is, like looking at, because I saw the other driver's, driver's, driver's license picture, he's an old season vet. I mean, I can't tell you he's been driving trucks for 40 years because I don't know, but. 
He wasn't uh, a youngster, so you think he wasn't he's got brand new. Twenty yeah. years under right. his belt. Wasn't right. his first yeah. time driving he up to Should have known better. Should have yeah. known better. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and and you know, I know you guys are talking about the speed of the truck and stuff, but the video, you know, we just love those videos anymore. It's a hit in the cab. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, that truck shakes from being hit it from threw the back. Patrick forward, didn't right. it? Right. It was. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much about it, but the. Patrick's been out all week yeah, because yeah, of it. He's yeah, he, yeah. you know, his muscles and his back tightened up, and you know, he's he's having problems. So yeah. yeah, it was significant. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where you just sitting there relaxed, and somebody would like walk up to you and shove you, right. you know, because you just you're not expecting that, right? You know, yeah. yeah. That's one of those again too. When you think about it, right? <clears throat> you're driving all day long. You've got something 35 feet behind you. How do you not make sure it's following you and? behind you and it's going to clear what you're passing and you know we talk about those things all the time it's got to be speed though dave i mean that is the only thing you don't even have time to look at your trailer and complacency yeah yeah and i'm sure mike you could talk about complacency because i know in the law enforcement world that gets harped on quite a bit right oh yeah oh yeah a lot of people uh, get distracted eating while they're driving texting while they're driving Mm -hmm. and uh, obviously one of the most important things you can do you change your life in a second. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We, um, never mind. I talk about this a lot, especially to the drivers, and we talked about it in the safety committee this morning um, because we had two of the accidents we were covering involved a little bit of distraction, right? But everybody kind of, and, and if you're driving a truck and we've all driven, and you probably see it from your point of view in your patrol car or whatnot that everybody's doing something else when they're in traffic they're my gosh they're reading the paper they're reading a book they're eating a bowl of cereal they're on their phones doing makeup doing makeup (laughs) yeah and and the thing is driving is what you should be concentrating on it is your primary focus primary focus it's your mission you're driving a a three thousand pound weapon a A, bullet you know a deadly weapon yeah Yeah. so don't think that that's downtime for you to accomplish something else. Right. And Drive you know, your car. Right. If, <laughs> Even if you're sitting still at a light. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I, as I've gotten older, you know, they say you gain more patience. I'm to the point now if there's several vehicles or just one in front of me <laughs> and that light changes and that car doesn't move, I am instantly on the horn. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. Maybe Mike could educate me a little bit on that. But Oh, that's wrong, Dave. Let him finish their text. <laughs> I just have zero patience because just like you said, Dave, you're out on the road. Your primary job is to be driving. You're what, right. You know, I, I just yeah. being down in Austin there last week, you know, we were running around all these little areas and it's it's a pretty touristy or niche community down there, right? And I mean there was we were stacked up in this turn lane and I had already set through the light once. We didn't make it the second time, and then the third time the car right in front of me sets there and and I, Janet's with me and she doesn't like me to honk. I'm not going to lie. She she's like, you can just be patient. And I'm like, no, that person can just go. We're, we're, we're here to do something, right? That car has a mission. It's going somewhere. We'd like to make the green arrow. That's exactly. Light, so you know? anyway, Jim, the light changes. This is my third time at the intersection. They get the green in front of me and they just sat there. And they were in front of me and set through the other two lights. So you'd think they would be wanting to go through the light as well. So I don't give it the little, I, it's like, mm, <laughs> and I'm on the horn. And, you know, I, I get the slap in the arm from Janet, like, just let them go. So they go through the light. And, of course, I didn't make it. Right. Only one car got oh, through the light. Oh, isn't that a pet peeve? And I'm just, I just sat there. My face was all red. It was all hot. Yep. Uh, just like, yep. They, they screwed you out of the green light, really, yeah. is what happened. Which, and in the big scheme of things, that doesn't matter, right? 
I mean, it ultimately doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not rushing to some scene or something like that. But it's just frustrating. Right? But it, but it is the bar. It is what it is. It is. You're meant to go through that light. Yeah. You know that that's like you guys are saying. That's your job. Go through the light. Pay attention. Right. Yeah. Be courteous to everybody else, yeah. no matter what See, you're doing. You're sitting not. Maybe you're not at the pole position. But if you're at the pole position at that light, it is your job to help. To other go. people get through yes. the light, you know. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing, though. We're, we're talking about somebody's not paying attention and they didn't go through a green light. It's frustrating. But if you're not paying attention and you run a bicyclist over or you run a pedestrian over and kill somebody, I mean. Right. Now, what if you're not paying attention you go through this red light, right, Jim? Yeah. 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 You, you, you hurt somebody or kill somebody. I mean, we all know the property could be replaced or you'll get to where you're going, but. We've seen it down there in Castle Rock coming out of Plant 39. That yeah. driver wasn't paying attention, and he's got a $18 million lawsuit on his hands right now. Right. So Yeah, I'd hate to be that family for sure. Yeah, yeah and there again, I mean, not, yeah. We can't, I guess we can't talk about it, huh, Jim? I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, Sorry. it happened to me maybe, once. Maybe later we'll talk about it. Years yeah. ago in Brighton, um, you need to pay attention because the people around you likely are not. And I was, I had the green light, I had an arrow, I was turning the corner, and uh, a girl on a bicycle was not paying attention. And she was, I don't know, maybe 13 years old, not a tiny kid, but she was on her own on the bike. <laughs> Just rode her bike right off the curb because she was going to cross the street. Yeah. And uh, I was turning, and in the big truck even, and I was like, holy crap, this kid's coming out into the street. And I stopped. And then she saw this big grill on this Peterbilt, and she fell down. <laughs> she wiped out. Oh, wow. And uh, I got out of the truck and helped her up. I'm like, are you okay? And she was fine, but she was scared to death. But I if bet. I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> I would have run her right over. Yep. Sure. You been know, a, Been a lot of lives changed. Because day. she wasn't paying attention. Yep. Uh, Linda wanted to give a shout-out. We gave a shout-out to all of Dispatch last week, which includes Linda. But Linda wanted to give a shout-out. <laughs> To the awesome dispatch family I slash we have, Oz and Randy, for doing extra duty while I was out. I know it's a lot more work being one down. I really appreciate them. And I did not feel stressed at all, and they would do a great job, and they did. Thank you, and thank you, and thank you to Oz and Randy. So nice for Linda to be able to break away and not worry right. about things falling apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good, good stuff, good yep. stuff. Yeah, I, I have a couple jammer, actually three of them I just wanted to mention. Um, so we had a kind of an impromptu meeting with the bulkers yesterday, um, the, all the bulker drivers and stuff, and I just wanted to say what a pleasure it was, you know, talking to each one of them, seeing them, haven't seen them in a long time really. And then, you know, during the meeting we went over a lot of different stuff and we went over, you know, breaks and safety, same kind of stuff we cover with everybody else, but they were so attentive on what we were talking about in yeah. their, you know, their enthusiasm, their, their willingness to learn, ask questions. So it was nice on, on that part to be that involved. And then I, I, I wanted to mention Ray, which I already did. So I went over that with Ray and then, you know, I haven't chased down the rumor yet. Um, so I'm going, I'm going by rumors as a shout out. Oh, wow. Right. It worries well, you. Good. Worries you when I say that, right? I haven't. I haven't chased it down. No, because I don't a shout out. You're gonna think it, somebody. We're it, not stirring rumors. No, right? we're not. We're not. Yeah. But you know, and so hopefully I have the facts right. Because if I have the facts right, the rumor right, it's pretty special. And and I think people need to know about it. Right? The suspense if, is killing me. It is right? me too. If I, if I have it. <laughs> so 
we're doing what 17 days of christmas each each day oh yeah we're, we're announcing things yep. and giving gifts away yeah and uh so we've kind of given the people in the office here however you want to look at it hey if you want to do something nice through the holidays do it me and dave are behind you whatever we can we can do to help you know and and uh so this has been going on and i know guys have been coming up and people and getting the gifts and everybody seems really exciting i think uh mitch stopped Thank- by your office yes. and said thanks dave for this and so the the rumor is or the gossip that i got that i you know if, if it's true a huge shout out but we're back to linda again and I understand from the rumors that Linda bought all the gifts. Wow. wow. So awesome. not not anything to do with JFW, not anything to do with me and Dave. I understand that she bought all the gifts, took the time and went and got them wow. and provided that. So I just want to say what a what a special heart right there that How Linda How does has. that heart fit in her? Chest right, right. Telling you. Right. right? right? Big, yeah. big stuff. So yeah. if, if that's true, Linda, thank you from the bottom of all of our hearts. Yeah. Absolutely. She's Very special. Very giving. Awesome, Linda. Yeah. I've you, seen Linda spring into action on things before, and it has yeah. to do with generosity. And she, she doesn't do it for, you know, she tries to do it under the, you know, flying yeah. under the radar. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. this is a secret gossip oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. You can't yeah. do anything around here without people finding <laughs> out, though. <laughs> I, I do kind of want to mention on those gifts, just we don't have it on the list, and it just made it pop in my head, but the toy drive. Oh, toy drive! Yeah. Tons oh, of wow. tons of gifts yeah. have been brought in for the toy drive. I mean, we just about have the other office full. And I know last night I I had mentioned the toy drive. Actually, some uh, parents on my son's swim team work with Dr. Horton Homes. So last year they saw we were involved with that. They've teamed up with us as well. So they'll be doing some pickups at Dr. Horton Homes. But also in addition to that, because they're on the swim team, they got with the swim team, and my son brought home a whole pickup load of toys last night wow, from wow. the swim team, and he's got another stop to make tonight, and I think it'll be another pickup load. So we may need an end dump this year. I was going to say, at least the pup. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. yeah. yeah that <laughs> That's would be pretty cool. So much fun. That's, yeah. I was getting a little nervous, too, because we announced the toy drive, and like, there were no toys for a right. few days, and then all of a sudden, I mean, yeah. they're in the vault. But the vault's getting pretty full, right? Uh, they, yeah. they, it is getting full, right. yeah. And so that ends tomorrow. You know, if you're if you're thinking about it, we need the yeah. gifts by uh, tomorrow morning, basically, you right. guys, because we do we do go down to the mall to drop them off, and then over to uh, uh, Salvation Army yeah. to drop them all off. But yeah, I was I was I was thinking about that, you guys. I'm glad you brought it up, Dave. That you know, it's so important to to give to the kids and stuff like that, and what those gifts will mean to some kids. But I also thought about what it meant to me, and I, I think a lot of our teammates here is, you know, we can't do anything with, like, the price of eggs and f- food and fuel and gas and interest rates and all the stuff we're faced with. But it makes my heart feel so good personally that we're able to give, and it just brings some some nice joy. And, and I, I hope all the, the people that have given – you know, feel the same way because it it helps with your attitude, my attitude yeah. about things. Yeah. Because I can't do anything about the other stuff, so I'm I'm glad we're doing that this year. Feels yeah, good. Yeah, I mean it, it. It was pretty overwhelming when Erica showed up, your youngest daughter, uh, on Monday. What you know, and this isn't to toot our own horn, so I'm I'm just it's kind of to toot Paradigm. Yeah. Erica's company. Yeah, Erica James and, her and Erica. Husband. Yeah. Yeah. So JFW donated fifteen hundred dollars, and Erica went out and they bought fifteen hundred dollars worth of toys, and then her company, her and her husband's company, Paradigm, 
they match that and they've went out and bought $1,500 worth of toys in addition to everything that everyone else has brought in and the swim team has gathered and D.R. Horton Homes have gathered and whatnot. So yeah, and then, and then they partnered with abundance. Hand, hand and Stone oh, or right, Stone right, and Hand. Right, yes, I, mean, I forget that, Jim, because it wasn't I on their last year. I think they bought Massage Envy. So another company. Oh, oh I got you. That so, makes sense. And I don't, I'm hope I, I'm mixing the name up. It's either Hand and Stone or Stone and Hand, but they're a new massage, you know, company, and all of their teammates or employees or people that came in were able to drop off gifts. So awesome. yeah, it's it's good. It's nice. good stuff. I right. think it's worth mentioning too is uh, you remove a lot of stress off a lot of uh, parents that want to provide these neat gifts, but financially just cannot do it. And uh, by, you know, the heart and donations of people, it really makes uh, Christmas special. Right. Not, not only for those kids that receive, but a lot of parents. So, I, I, yeah, point. exactly, Mike. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Too. Yeah, if it, if it brings joy to the parents because it took some relief off, yeah. I mean, that's special. Yeah, good stuff. Good point. You know, we, we weren't there for it last year, Mike, but we did, we did the TV spot at Macy's, and then all of the television stuff was done, and then we had uh, two of our guys volunteered, Casey Guthrie and uh, Dustin, Dustin Romero. Romero, and they delivered the toys to Salvation Army, and they said that's where the celebration was. That's awesome. Because they said when, when they opened up that back door and then we lifted the tailgate on our trailer or on our truck, they were just mind blown at the toys. They were so excited that they were going to be able to provide gifts for all these kids and their uh, families. So I want to see that, this right? Year, and yeah. and none of that was captured. Oh man! So it was the way you know Casey and Dustin explained it. It was, That's it was, cool. it was very cool. It sounded like, yeah, nice. yeah. James is going to try to film all that this this year himself. Yeah, and give it to the news. Oh, that's, so that so that part can be captured this time. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because that's what it's about. Oh, yeah, it's, it's exactly what it's about. Yeah. 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 All right, some JFW business here. A couple things on the list. Number one is if you're a new driver here at JFW and you're doing your job, do it the way that your trainers told you to do it. You may see a senior driver doing something that is outside the scope of what your trainer showed you. For example, asking for 30 tons or 32 tons. Let's say 32 tons, that'll put you right about 92,000 pounds. Well, that driver has a heavy permit. He's running secondary roads. He's been here a while. He can do that with the permit. You know, if you didn't have a permit and you haven't been here 90 days and JR and Scooby or Kendrick and Pat, our safety team, didn't come to you and talk to you about how the heavy permit works, you can't haul over 85,000 period on secondary roads and don't haul over 80,000 on the interstate. Right. And that's just one example. There's other things you may see a more experienced driver do. It's because he has the experience to do it, or she. And been trained for it. And been trained for yeah. it. Yeah. And all that's gone over with JR in the orientation class. You've signed off on those yes. things. You've, you've got a document page. <clears throat> and you, I know some people that are new to the industry, it might seem a little overwhelming. If you've been in the industry, you get it. Right. You understand what's going on. And... One of two things is happening. You're innocent or you're guilty, right? right? You yeah. didn't understand or, or you get it and you're pushing the envelope. You know, I always like the term ignorance is no excuse. You know, if you don't know, you should that was know. ignorance is bliss. I was just, I, I go by that one. The bliss thing is, is wonderful. <laughs> you're, it's your job as a professional CDL Absolutely. license holder to know the laws. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we've got people say they didn't know you can't hold over 80,000 on the interstate. 
Well, you never told me that. Well, we don't need to tell you that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, yeah. actually, you I learn have that guys that don't know the difference between an, in, an interstate or a secondary road. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah the the same thing. All though, that. Jam, when we talked about it last week or the the week before about needing a driver's license and being responsible for that. You know, that's right. that's not us, right? You know, it's it's on you. You know, we got to micromanage it though. We're the ones that gotta. We do. You know, everyone should have a driver's license here, but we have to micromanage that and make sure. Mm-hmm. You know? It's our responsibility to be better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he tried to lay the blame on us. I couldn't believe that. Huh. Yeah. Well, moving on. Yes. We, we, <laughs> bigger and brighter things. Yep. We got, uh, from what I understand, after talking to Ray Ray last week, he's going to organize the trainer-trainer meetings, like a once-a-month thing. Did you guys get a whiff of that? I, I know we mentioned it to him, but I, I didn't know if that's what he was going to try to do or whatever, but yeah. Yes, yep. he's actually mentioned it to me Um Gosh, I want to say a week or so ago, but I just forwarded him yesterday the names and numbers of all the trainers, so he's going to start gathering that up, and ah. we should get this put together here real soon. Yeah, very cool. That's what I love about JFW. You want to do something here? You think you have a way to make us better? Do it. Now that's your job. Right. Yeah. How cool yeah. is that for Ray? <laughs> way to step up. Uh, we already went over the meeting with the Boker division and uh, your shout-out, Jim, but we covered a lot in that meeting. Um, the thing that I thought was cool is I thought that was going to be a 30-minute meeting. You know what I mean? And we were there for, I think, close to two hours. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty in-depth. We went over because the, the Boca trailers still have drum brakes. So that means they got slack adjusters. That means they have, you know, drums and they gotta, they, you got to check your brake stroke and the whole nine yards. And right. they're the only trailers that do. So we had a... We had to go over that with those guys, and you know, we, we had a pretty in-depth break stroke class. Yeah, and you yeah. know the cool thing, all of them were engaged. Yes, I was yeah. just going to say Every that. one of they them had questions. Eager and, to learn, and, yeah. and they were involved, Yep. and they didn't uh, shirk responsibility when Jim asked if anybody, I think it was you, Jim, I'm not sure, asked if anybody has measured their break stroke on those trailers. Yeah. Because those trailers are kind of like red-headed stepchildren. They get left <laughs> at the plants because they're preloaded all the time. Right. Yeah. They don't yeah. get back here to the yard very yeah. often. Yeah. I feel like we got better that day. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? yeah definitely, yeah, so. Jim. More information, right? I mean, at a certain point, it was like we have to stop. We need to turn the fire hose off because we're it, – it, Yeah. Some of this, it's great if, you, if you're getting it and you have questions, but at a certain point, we needed to stop. Yeah, I was you know? starving. <laughs> 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 it was time for breakfast. Oh, uh, next week's weather. Super Dave, you've been watching the weather? I have. And <laughs> if you thought the last day was cold, you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, Funny, I looked this morning, you guys. It changed. Did it? It's all seasonal next week. It's Good. There's no below zero. There's no... Really? Yeah, the coldest day next week is overnight, seven degrees. Yeah, so when when we all looked like yesterday or the day before, yeah. the one day was a high of... Four below and a low of like nineteen below next yeah. Thursday. Yeah. So it yeah, brutal. if it, yeah, if it if it changed, great. <laughs> well, it could change again because it's yeah, only. Right, I mean, right? it's still ten days out. Yeah, we yeah, could have snow on one of those days, right? Yeah. 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 According yeah. to it now, that day that we were looking at for four below as the high, mm-hmm. the and seventeen below as the. Yeah. Now I'm showing twenty-seven degrees for the high and twelve for the low. So uh-huh. it's it's changed again since I looked this morning. So yeah, next week looks great. Now I want to be I want to be a weatherman. <laughs> Yeah. You know, always be wrong and still have a job. 
Yeah, there's yeah. just no pressure to be they're, right. They're just following <laughs> computer models, you know. I want to be a computer model. You have to be good. <laughs> you have to be good at presenting stuff, though, because I, yeah. I I know I mentioned everything to you this week about watching that one one uh, you know weather person, and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to have really great weather this weekend. You know, it's exceptionally warm. You know, because usually the seasonal high is forty degrees in December. That's the seasonal you know average, but we're going to have some really cold weather this week, you know, and it's going to be between 30 and 40. <laughs> right. Well, I thought the seasonal average was 40, right. you know? I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. the presentation's wonderful. <laughs> Another thing we want to bring up is uh, these aluminum trailers, they're kind of like pop cans. They're very thin and fragile. If you get overloaded or there's any reason to dig something out of your trailer... You can't have a big old cat, 950H, or even a bigger one come over to scoop anything out of those trailers because you will put a hole in it. And we just uh, we just ruined the top rail on one of the trailers. What do you what do you estimate that top rail is going to cost to replace, guys? Jam, I am praying they can just repair it. I'm praying for that. And I'm, that the repair is going to be three grand minimum. If they have to replace it, we're looking ten to fifteen thousand. I'm sure. Right. And and then the last time, Dave, right? We couldn't get one. Right. And when we got it, the shipping was like more than the oh, rail. It was astronomical. Yeah. yeah. The rail, and then the time because they disassemble the trailer basically yeah. right. to get that top rail in. It is not good. And you, your your whole thing about the pop can, you're you're spot on. We've made them as light as possible, and they they just. Aluminum bins. We all. It is a pop can. You know how easily you dent a pop can. Yeah, right. but they're structurally engineered and designed to be badass. To hold things together, right? <laughs> right. To they haul are a badass. Big, yeah, yeah, to haul you, a big load. Yeah, they're not designed to be hit. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're not designed yeah. to be hit with the loader. They're not designed to back into a concrete wall. They're not designed to be hit right. with a hammer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I tell people that a lot. That trailer empty weighs ninety five hundred pounds. So four and a half tons, and we regularly loaded up with 30 tons. Right. Is that not cool? Legally. Yeah. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. You know what's funny is that's the same weight as my pickup. I was, I was about to ask you how much that pickup weighs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my pickup's just under 9,000 pounds. That's heavy. And that trailer's 9,500. So you're like overweight all the time when you I drive through neighborhoods. Only if you? I'm in there, Dave. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Uh. <laughs> Well, I'm not riding with you. <laughs> I'm not going to be overweight. I need to get an, I need to get a Ford that's aluminum body so I can so I can put on some more weight. Uh, Super Dave, you want to talk about uh, proper CB use and how to set a CB radio up so people could hear you and sure. you could hear people. Yeah, you know, um, I was kind of not even really thinking about it at all. But Jim looked at me a bit ago and he goes, "Well." Is, is that got to do with people swearing and, you know, talking, you know, poorly trash. or talking trash? Thank you. I was going to use that other word, but <laughs> talking trash on the radio. Come on, driver, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, hey, we all love talking like that on the radio, but in many situations, it's not right. There's scale ladies listening. There's other people listening that could certainly be offended. But actually, the point of this uh, point in the podcast here has got nothing to do with that. It's it's about how you properly talk into the radio. So these radios are, are set up that you have to, as we used to always say, step up to the mic. And I'm getting a lot of people that are coming to me and saying, hey, Dave, I need to do radio. Nobody can hear me, right? My radio doesn't work. 
And the radios are pretty complicated. You know, they, they have to have a good antenna. You have to have a good ground. You have to have a, a, a power source that is um, interference-free. Um, the mics have four to six wires in the cords, and those wires are barely thicker than a hair. They're very, very thin, and you pull on those wires a few different times, and they're going to break, right? Um, so you got to be careful with those mics. You got to, you know, make sure everything's plugged in. Uh, you got to make sure the antenna doesn't have a lot of corrosion on it. If it does, we can replace those studs and replace the the mounts of those and clean them up with a wire brush. Um, but most importantly, you need to make sure that your mic gain is turned all the way to the right or at least three quarters of the way. Your RF gain, those are two separate knobs on the radio, is turned at least three quarters of the way to the right. And then when you key up and speak, you've got to put that mic right in front of your mouth and hold it very close. Otherwise, the modulation is what we call it, will not transmit electronically out through the antenna. And then, obviously, nobody's going to hear you and they're going to look at you like, hey, your radio's broken. But very often, it's not the radio. It's just the way that you have the, the knobs tuned and the way that you're speaking into the microphone itself. So you got to step up to the mic. You have to speak up, speak clearly, and hold that mic right up to your mouth. Don't key up with it three feet away, like hanging off the the headliner. Nice. Yeah, and I think the reason some people do that is they're not used to that noise-canceling mic. They're used to the mic that comes with the radio, and you don't want to eat that mic because you'll just over-modulate or or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, if you got one of those new static mics, they even have a lip guard on it, if yep. you haven't mentioned that. Yep. You know, Is that what that, that's called, a lip guard? I, I think so. <laughs> Mustache brush. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those are Snack those saver. Are high dollar mics. They're, they're the best. I yeah. always used it in a static mic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're great. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have to buy those cool mics when I was a driver here. You know, you didn't have a CB radio and you definitely didn't have, you, you bought all that. You know, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm a couple weeks. I'm gonna save up. I'm gonna get me in a static mic. Now Super Dave just buys them. He buys the the chrome looking ones and just hands them out like candy. Yeah, it's a good yeah. deal. Yeah, and I think you know the bottom line to this is Dave's asking, or we're all asking though, if you think your radio isn't working, make sure you're doing everything that you possibly can to make that radio work. Right. You've checked your squelch. You've checked the RF gain. Yeah. You've checked that the volume's up. You you have the mic up to your face. You're talking loudly. You're talking clearly. Make make the radio work like it's supposed to is yeah. basically the bottom line. And then come to us and go, hey, your radio doesn't work. Because like what Dave, Dave usually finds out is 90% of the time, it's the operator not the radio yeah. and that's what we're trying to get across here yeah and if you don't know if if you don't understand what we're talking about just just come see one of us we'd yeah. be happy to do it takes absolutely in 30 seconds we could change your micro your cb radio experience yep so, <laughs> experience. You know, you'll be getting out all How over your town. day honey i had a cb radio experience yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good one instead of <laughs> instead of nobody can hear me right so all right. Well, I already mentioned I'm super excited to have uh, Sergeant Mike Abel here. Um, it was a little tough trying to trying to learn about Mike, so I shot him an email and he told me a couple things, and I just love this. In his own words, because I asked him, you know, what are you into? What do you do outside of work? What was your career like? So 
His words, my passions in life are my faith in God, family, and friends. I have two grandsons. I have two daughters that are about to graduate from medical school, and I've been married for 32 years. Like Dave White, I'm in a, I am strong in my patriotism for the country. I mean, that is, that is awesome and powerful. I mean, what a, I, I wish I could say all those things. That's <laughs> yeah, good, good job, Mike. I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, it just, uh, just makes me think we had a, you know, life coach come in several years ago, Mike, and ask us kind of questions like that. And personally, I was like, uh, 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 I, I don't know. You know, I, I've never thought about it. So good job, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Difficult to, to answer. Yeah. Way to go. I appreciate it. I've known both Jim and Dave White for years. Uh, I've been a recipient of uh, having material delivered to my property and uh, <laughs> think a lot of both you guys and your business. Very professional. Like what you stand for, and it's my pleasure to be here today. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Yeah. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us about your faith in God. Where does that come from? Well, I was uh, raised in a Christian home, and uh, my father actually was my Sunday school teacher for a while. Um, I'm very, very lucky to be raised uh, with faith and give me kind of a sense of balance, not that uh, I've been an angel my whole life because I've <laughs> definitely uh, strayed and done some things that I'm not proud of. But uh, um, I think coming from um, a family that showed me that life was bigger than just me and uh, kind of set the barometer for the right direction. So. Awesome. What does is, what is being a, a Christian mean to you? What does Christianity mean to you? Because a lot of people think, oh, religion, and, you know, I'm just going to be condemned. And, you know, what, what does being a Christian man mean to you? Uh, it means the world, actually. Um, it means that uh, how awful the world gets. Um, there is a place that uh, if you accept Christ as your Savior, that... Uh, you'll go someday that uh, will not have sin, will not have darkness, sadness, crime, violence. Um, it, uh, it means that uh, this world is, is temporary and there is a great God that loves us and sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Good stuff. Very cool. <laughs> what do you got to do to get in? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, he, he, it's just a gift. It's not by works. It's, I love that. Uh, you know, all you have to do is accept the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And it's amazing that all you have to do is accept that and uh, believe in him. So By grace, through faith alone. So tell us about your, your family and friends, how that, that is a passion of yours. Well, I have an amazing wife, been married 32 years and uh, stuck uh, through things uh, thick and thin. Um, law enforcement's not always easy to be married when you're the spouse and uh, your husband or wife is working through the middle of the night and some really rough situations. So shout out to Shannon, my wife. Um, and then I have two daughters that are married, both with uh, grandsons and uh, one in Arizona that's studying to be a doctor. And has about six months uh, before she'll get out and start uh, shadowing a doctor. And uh, my older daughter, Bailey, is uh, just about to graduate from nursing school in March. So. Sweet. Very awesome. cool. Sounds like you did a good job raising them. I give credit to mom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I get a sense that you have a, a passion for, for kids, uh, just because I did find on the internet, and you're wearing a hat, but you are a mentor in uh, the Fathers of the Field. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's an incredible program. Um, Fathers in the Field is nationwide, and uh, um, in several different states. Um, I uh, was introduced to Flatirons um church fathers in the field program and uh became a mentor father uh my mentor uh kid noah i started when he was nine he's 12 now and uh just um has been a had a huge impact on my life um just being able to take a kid that has no relationship uh really with a father type figure and spend time with them doing things that we like. We kayak, we shoot bows, we shoot guns, and just basically have fun. And uh, it's a faith-based program, so also try to point uh, his heart towards God. And uh, I've just been extremely lucky to be part of the program. Oh, that's awesome. And you said he's 12 now? Yes. So he could go hunting next year. Oh, yeah. You guys got plans for that? Oh, yeah. I think we're going to do a turkey hunt in the future. Nice. Yeah. Good. <clears throat> and what's the criteria? Is it pretty stringent to, to become a father in the field? I mean, I'm assuming they do a background check, and not anybody can be just like, yeah, I want to take a kid fishing. They, they do. <laughs> um, first of all, it's quite a commitment. Um, I, I was lucky. My, my daughters were raised. I had some spare time. Um, but, uh, you, uh, the commitment is you go to church together, um, twice a month and you usually do some type of activity that's fun. And we also do, um, a lot of, um, charity type work for, uh, widow people, um, some of the, uh, elderly homes, um, as far as yard work, stuff like that, give them a sense of giving back and, uh, kind of, uh, ownership. That's awesome. And they expect you uh, to do this until they're 18 or? Well, it's, it's uh, you sign up for one year at a time. Okay. Uh, you make a one-year commitment uh, with the end goal of being three years together. Okay. Mm. So uh, I have officially finished uh, my commitment with Noah, but uh, we'll be friends forever. Gotcha. And is that still going to be through Fathers of the Field or you guys are just on your own now? We're on our own now. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. Wow. That's great. And I think I saw, I read, um, uh, I did read a little bit about Noah, but it sounds like he's really come out of his shell. He was pretty quiet when you met him and wasn't super outgoing. Oh, yeah. We had some uh, long, quiet car rides <laughs> when we were, we were driving, and uh, it really, uh, I had to pick my brain to figure out how to uh, get the conversation started. We talk about favorite colors what type of car he likes. Um, but I'll never forget we went for a hike one day, ah. and uh, he opened up and just uh, from then he was a chatterbox. So, was it uh, like the, what is it called, geology? Is that the study of rocks or do I got that, that right? That is correct. Yes. Yeah, and he, he picked up, on, like he knew a lot about rocks or something, right? Yes, he uh, has a science brain, huh. very intelligent kid, and uh, loves anything to do with science man i just saw something on it was probably one of the social media platforms but they said all kids are scientists you know what is air made out of you know what's a cloud what's 
what is good you know they're just so incredible they're, they're all scientists and then at some point as we become adults we we lose that passion for for science we stop asking those ridiculous questions that <laughs> there are actually answers to you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there are actually answers. <laughs> what is air made out of? I don't know. You know. <laughs> right? I was just going to say, what is air made out of? I, I don't know. It's primarily oxygen and nitrogen. See, you're still a kid, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you still actually, you do still have you you do still have that science mind because you, you have I, a lot yeah, of that information. Yeah, you, you, I really you enjoy like that science, stuff, huh, yes. Dave? Yeah. yeah, very cool. So, Mike, you've done, I believe it's 32 years of law enforcement. Would you say that's been a, a good career path for you? Uh, it's been a great career. Um, really enjoyed um, having the opportunity to do a lot of different assignments and uh, everything from working the schools with kids as a school resource officer, investigate uh, serious crimes, and, uh, you know, supervise different teams of people. It's been awesome. Sure. You started in 1992 with Commerce City Police Department. I uh, got down, you done patrol, you were a school recess officer, you mentioned detectives. What was the crime like in Commerce City in 1992? Uh, very active. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, different gangs, um, biker groups, uh, but mainly youth gangs kept that's real busy. Mm. Yeah, a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. Yeah. Would you say it's the same now, or do you think Commerce City has gotten better or worse? Um, the the north end of Commerce City uh, has changed the dynamics of the city quite a bit. Okay. Um, when I worked here, it was mainly just the south end of mm -hmm. the, the city. Um, a lot of good people here, but uh, also very, very active. Um, the police department has grown um, – by quite a few officers so when i work the street maybe a, a sergeant or supervisor and three or four officers and uh, we were incredibly busy ah. the city's grown quite a bit my daughter and husband lived out or they live out in reunion and so i mean they've added all of that land out there by dia yeah part of commerce city yeah it, it's kind of funny because it's only been until this last year and and mike used the words I mean, to me, we've just always been in Commerce City, and now it's becoming we're in South Commerce City. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. he used the words North Commerce City and South Commerce City, and it hasn't been until this year that I've heard that, and they're kind of breaking it into the industrial side and the more, I know there's obviously homes here. I mean, we're sitting here looking at blocks of homes right out our windows, mm -hmm. but this is the industrial end of the city as to where the northern end is is just a little more housing or they, they it's... Commerce City's goal is to be a little more friendly, I guess. Maybe that's probably not the right word as far as friendly. Yeah, but. They, they even voted to, they were going to change the name a few years ago. It didn't, it didn't pass. Where's the border? <laughs> Where's Between the, border? the north and the south? Where do you, where do you start considering north? Oh, Commerce good City? point, Jim. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it used to be, I believe, uh, the district boundary was 72nd okay. Avenue. Mm. So Okay, yeah. cool. That I've seen... And definitely not dinging Commerce City, but I've seen a few felony stops, you know, just driving somewhere. When I mean by felony stop, the police officers, you know, got his car door open, weapon drawn. He's, you know, walk backwards to my voice, you know, get down on your knees. That I've seen that a few times here in Commerce City, wow. probably more than anywhere else that I've been. Is that what they say? Walk backwards to my voice? Mike, do you, did you ever tell somebody that? Yeah, if it's a... Uh, 
a stop where we believe there might be weapons or, or violence involved. Right. Usually we try to um, set up where we have, you know, our car in between the the people in the other car and us. Uh, I try to use a wall of light, and then we try to draw people back out of their car because, you know, we don't know what weapons or what, what we can't see that can harm us that's inside the vehicle. Super Dave, you never walk backwards towards somebody's voice? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you've concentrated on the science part of your brain. <laughs> right. Not the, not the criminal yeah. side. I was, Dave. I was more yeah. interested in rocks. <laughs> well, and we, you know, you mentioned the criminal side of your brain. We talk about that, right? Because we've had some, some things happen here over the 35, 40 years we've been here and We've, we've picked up the term, you have to think like a thief to be a thief. Right. right. If you don't think like that, you're not even aware of it. You can, it it's not even in your brain. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist, right? And then you hear of something happening, and you learn the process that they went through, and it's like, wow, I, I, you have to think like that to, to create that, to do sure. that. Soup, I can't believe you haven't watched Breaking Bad. We've, we've talked, this, we've talked about Bad. this before. Just because somebody was mentioning they, you they, you. You reminded them of the main character, Brian Cranston. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you have a science brain, so what are methamphetamines made out of? You know what I mean? Like, I think you would dig it. I think you might get hooked on that show. It's yeah. a good show. We never watched it. So as I a, don't know if it's a good show, Jam, but it's it's entertaining. Interesting. It's yeah. entertaining, yeah. right? I, I wouldn't give it it's a good show. It's entertaining for sure. I mean, I, I watched it. I, I was hooked on it. Okay, you were hooked. Yeah. I, I was hooked, yeah, there absolutely, absolutely, but I don't know. It's not a good show, right? <laughs> well, I mean... It's, it's not a family show. Yeah, so yeah, exactly, Mike. Yeah, it's it's I not something... I wouldn't watch it at home with Bella, but yeah, I would yeah. watch it yeah. when yeah. I watch right? it. Right, yeah. So you're saying it's not a Hallmark? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Huh. So also in Commerce City, you were a school resource officer, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Do, do you love doing that? Because, I mean, obviously you love kids, and I know you're surrounded by kids all day if you're a SRO. I really enjoyed my time as a school resource officer. Get to know um, quite a few of the kids, the teachers, the administrative staff, mm-hmm. and uh, really enjoy coaching and, and helping kids to develop. Yeah, I was going to ask if you felt you had an impact on their lives. You know, where I grew up, I grew up in Queens, New York, and we had an SRO, and we all loved them, unless you were being chased by him. You know, if you, <laughs> if you were cutting out of school, like it was kind of like, you're cool until you're trying to leave, he'll, he'll chase it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Who was faster, Jim? Uh, well, he never caught me. <laughs> I, was, I went to a pretty, pretty tough high school. I had a friend named, his nickname was Slosh, right? And we were all cutting out of school one day, and we were booking it. And uh, I can't remember if it was the principal or the vice principal grabbed him and slosh turned around and decked him oh wow yeah it was yeah we were yeah we were some scoundrels Uh, that (laughs) probably didn't end well did it he got away oh wow yeah so what happens the next day he didn't go to school the next day (laughs) (laughs) or the next day or i mean at some point you have to go back that's always been my thought like honestly dave i don't remember i don't know that slosh graduated (laughs) high school you know what i mean that may have been (laughs) unlikely yeah been the end of slosh's high school career yeah could have been could have been uh, let's see. <clears throat> Can you tell us? I know you were also a de- detective. Tell us a detective story that happened here at JFW. I know. I know. Dave brought you in with some uh, credit card. Oh wow, that's a long, long time ago. <laughs> it is, Mike. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you're going to have to help. That's <laughs> it. 
I, I remember we talked about uh, you had an employee, if I remember right, that was uh, had uh, stolen a credit card and then used it, or exactly, that? Mike. So we're, I mean, we're going back like like thirty years ago, twenty five. Well, twenty five. Well, I mean, Plus it has, years to, be, ago, it has right? to be early yeah. in your... Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when did I you make here, de- so. Detective, Mike? Do you remember it at Commerce City? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. It would have been maybe 93, 94. We, yeah. we so, were in the yeah. old shop. Yeah, that's, that's right? what I mean, that we, Dave. I mean, we it had to be down, early because so. it wasn't... Because for you guys to move, become neighbors, that's quite a coincidence because you weren't... Na- yeah. We weren't yeah. living right. by each other. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I think we... We moved up there in '96 or '97, and uh, we built this building in 2000. 2000 yeah. So yeah, so I mean, back it was late '90s, Mike, and uh, I mean back then we only had you know a dozen trucks. We didn't have twelve mechanics and a wash bay and all that stuff. So Jim and I would come to work in our regular clothes, and we just had some old, dirty, nasty clothes that we'd change into to get under a truck if a rear end went out or whatever. You know what I mean? And so we had one men's room and one women's room, and we happened to use the women's room because it was bigger, and we could hang our. We had a little coat rack, and we'd put our street clothes. We would just hang them there on the rack, and then we were just in these nasty clothes, right? They were so bad they didn't even get washed or whatever. <laughs> well, we wouldn't put our wallets in because you're laying on the ground and whatnot. And it, we had this fairly new uh, gal working in the office, and it was just her and mom, and. Uh, you just trust people. We're just those type people that trust people, right? Well, Jim and I had changed clothes. We had worked on some stuff, you know, clean up at the end of the day. You put your street clothes back on and you go home. And Jim happened to get with me and he says, hey, uh, he says, my credit card is gone. And he said, Holly got the bill. And she asked me, why did I buy alcohol <laughs> I, on 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 it happened to be Holly's birthday, and that's kind of what triggered the whole event. Mm. Jim didn't know the credit card was gone, and he's like, "I didn't stop at the liquor store and buy alcohol. That's not. We just don't do that, right? We're together when that happens, and it turns out that like there was a uh, uh, alcohol stop at a liquor store, and it was all up at the Walmart up off Washington and just south of 104th, whatever yeah. that one is, yeah, right? Because there was the 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 Walmart. Yeah, I'm sorry. Spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walmart. Walmart. There was hairspray, like a, a ponytail thing. And anyway, make a long story short, we're like, oh my gosh, we think the secretary took our credit card. And you know, Jim and I are pretty pretty investigative people naturally, just because of our business and you know, possibly thinking we've been told something that didn't happen and whatnot. We've become that way. So we immediately we try and go to Walmart once we put all the pieces together and like well that's Walmart they've got video you know and Walmart kind of laughed us off like oh we dumped the video in 24 hours right. and we only have cameras on our people because we don't worry about the customers it's our people that steal from us right, right. their own employees right and Jim and I are like oh you know and I don't even know how I got to Mike other than a conversation yeah, maybe you guys were already neighbors. Do you think? Oh, they, we, we were, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, late, yeah. so late 90s yeah, is yeah, when yeah. that happened. Because yeah. that's the reason you helped us, Mike, because you knew Dave. Yeah, okay. and yeah. I, all of a sudden, Mike, I mean, I remember you getting all excited, like, well, we need to come talk to her. You know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what, do we want this? You know, and, and Mike's like, this is wrong, you know. And anyway, he, like, he puts this mini sting together almost because this woman's boyfriend would drop her off. And then he would go down. Oh, and there was a men's ring yeah, in part ring. of the yeah, what was, was bought at Walmart, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, 
Mike comes in and, and he kind of sets this pretty elaborate deal up, right? And he's got a, a squad car waiting down the street to stop the boyfriend. He's here when she comes in, you know, says, I want to talk to you or comes in right after she's here. One of the two, I don't, I mean, long time, long time ago, right? And, you know, she has the exact brand hairspray that was bought. She has the exact little ponytail hair holders, the little brush that was bought. And the the key was, because I think it was a dollar value. And again, I don't remember, Mike, just like you, you know what I mean? A lot of water under the bridge since then. But I think the key was to see if the boyfriend was wearing the ring. Because I think it was over like a hundred bucks and then we could, it would be, yeah, prosecute if I were, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little cloudy on it as well, Mike. You know <laughs> what I mean? Crystal clear, amazingly. <laughs> and uh, well, I've only yeah. seen one of those because yeah. it happened to us, right? <laughs> you see them every day and had to have to deal with everyone, so they get a little foggy. I get it. Anyway, the boyfriend didn't have anything on, but definitely a shady character. And I remember Mike, you know, talking to the woman, and and she was basically like, "I would never do that," and I can't believe you're accusing me of it. And anyway, make a long story short, Mike's like, "This this is a bad person. You know, you, uh-huh. it, she shouldn't be working here." And, you know, I, I, if I remember right, he actually said, you know, you shouldn't work here. And she's like, you're right, I shouldn't, and left. Yeah. You know, and, and that was kind of how it ended. So we weren't able to to prosecute anyone or, or, you know, solve any crime, even though that was the crime. It happened. You know what I mean? They were the guilty party. We just couldn't prove it. And it was that was kind of the start of Mike and I's relationship, I think, to a degree. Uh, Obviously, we knew each other, but... It was cool, like man. Yeah. You know? That was cool. I know people. <laughs> and then, then he fired her, which is great. You didn't yeah. have to fire yeah. her. Yeah. You should have yeah. worked here. Yeah. We yep. invited Mike over from there from, from then on. <laughs> <laughs> Will you get rid of them, Mike? <laughs> we'll have to, we might have to call you up here soon. Yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. And another story, and I should have addressed this earlier, but there was an ice cream story with Dave White as well. <laughs> Want to tell that one, Mike? Oh, you bet. I'm sure Dave will help me out. But... Uh, <laughs> We were uh, new to our subdivision. There wasn't a lot of homes out there. And uh, Dave, in his heart, he uh, um, stumbled across the ice cream guy, which I have no (laughs) idea why he was in our area. There was hardly any kids, any homes. And uh, he pulled the guy over and handed him, you know, a fistful of money. I don't remember, but $20 or more. Told him to drive down the block and uh, make sure that whatever kids down there had uh, their fill of ice cream so uh being a police officer's <laughs> daughter my oldest daughter bailey um had been taught you know that we don't talk to strangers and she was the oldest uh in the group of several uh young kids um how old would she have been dave oh was, mike at single s- single digits like yeah. seven eight nine no, something even like that maybe a little younger, yeah maybe five or yeah. six yeah and uh, she was the oldest amongst this little tribe of kids hanging out and playing in it, the dirt it was one of their birthday parties that was the reason there were oh, so many kids okay. there yeah i'm almost positive yeah yeah so anyway the ice cream guy comes down and uh pulls into the driveway and with a big group of kids and all of a sudden bailey uh uh, gathers all the kids and screams run and <laughs> they uh, wow. she scurries them into a house uh, and if I remember right all the way to the basement and uh, is trying to get a hold of an adult and the ice cream guy was freaked out and so Dave finally uh, calls down 
tells us what what's been done so we locate all the kids and get them out and uh the ice cream guy said that he would stay there and hand out ice cream as long as my wife or i stood by <laughs> not to be accused of anything yeah oh, that's hilarious what yeah. a good kid though yeah. run right yeah. with how you know Free ice cream off the ice cream truck yeah. from the ice cream man. If yeah. that's not a little I'm not weird. falling for the free ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If yeah. that's not weird, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. They told me this was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So moving along a little bit, in 1999, you went to Broomfield PD. You made sergeant in 2000, and you did some of the same stuff, patrol, detentions. You worked at the Flatirons Mall. You did traffic, some more school resource officer stuff and investigations as a supervisor so going to patrol in Broomfield, how did that compare to patrol in commerce city um back when i first uh transferred over to Broomfield, it was extremely slow uh-huh. uh two completely different communities right i learned learned how to uh, police in a whole different way how so um a lot more um Community inter, uh, engagement, a lot more just uh, foot patrol and uh, getting to know the business owners and stuff. Um, you just, back in the day, did not have the time to do that at Commerce City huh. when you're going call to call. Yeah, I bet. And you're just talking about walking, you know, doing foot patrol and getting to know business owners. I mean, is that still a thing in Broomfield? It, it, it is, and it is in, in Commerce City. And nice. all different communities have really, I think, um, discovered how important it is to be one with your community and not only know um, you know the Circle K, but know the clerks that work there and what their names are. That makes sense. That Get does. that, that yeah. trust and involvement in your community. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I remember growing up back in Queens, we really didn't like the, we call them, you know, they would walk the beat. We'd call them the beat cops because they were quiet. You didn't see them coming. They'd sneak up on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> what was the transition like for you to go from, uh, you know, a patrol cop, doing these things to, to becoming a supervisor? Um, really interesting, uh, uh, challenging. Uh, um, you know, not only uh, are you responsible for the decisions you make, but then the decisions of all the people on your team and like JFW, uh, if it snowed out or it was cold, instantly you start thinking about how your officers are driving. Um, you don't want to do the paperwork for one for any <laughs> any accident, but uh, and and obviously uh, the safety of everybody on uh, any big calls where weapons were involved. Um, you have everybody to consider in how you position them. And, uh, you know, their families, all that you take all that in the, that was, uh, my biggest fear was to have someone that worked directly for me ever get seriously injured, uh, on my team. So, um, yeah, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of fun to supervise and, uh, had a lot of, uh, good opportunities to be mentored by, uh, commanders and people above me. Nice. Did anyone ever get seriously hurt on one of you? <clears throat> Shifts? Uh, we had an incident where we got in a high-speed pursuit that ended uh, in Commerce City by one of the parks. And uh, during the arrest, um, the officer that was at the bottom of the pile, because several family members piled out and got mm. involved, 
uh, had his uh, career ending, uh, if I remember right, but uh, got his shoulder uh, ripped up. Wow, so. that's too bad. That is. And then how hard was it for you to gain respect of your, you know, your equals when you made sergeant? Was it pretty easy? Um, For some. Others, it was a little more challenging. Gotcha. Uh, I had the opportunity to promote pretty quick at Broomfield. I was really blessed by the former chief there, Tom Deland, and uh, gave me a lot of um, credit for my previous experience in Commerce City. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first, uh, supervising was a little challenging for some of the, the officers that have been there several years yeah, uh, before me. That makes sense. Absolutely. I was looking, when I was looking for my cop joke, I came across uh, a sergeant meme. So one sergeant says to the other sergeant, one week they hate us, the next week, no, one week they love us, the next week they hate us. So then the other sergeant says, well, guess what? We get paid for both weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> That's correct. Huh? So then it looks like, uh, and just this year in February, you retired, but you're still involved. And you, uh, you, works for the, you work for the standards unit conducting background investigations, recruiting and hiring, you are also certified in CVSA, which is computer voice stress analyzer. Right. So it sounds like a lie detector test to me. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> we, we, can't, we, we, we can't prefer call to call it a truth verification device. <laughs> truth <laughs> verification <laughs> device. Yes. Yes. So have you ever heard of the book or read the book Spy the Lie? <laughs> I have not. Yeah. So it was written by a couple CIA people and Lying to me is it's just it's fascinating to me. And I'm I'm not saying I've never lied, but you know, it's to me like if you lie, I mean it's it's just bad. I rather I rather be told the truth and working here we deal with that a lot. So I have bought this book, Spy the Lie, and it just talks about deceptive behaviors and what I learned for the book and I wanna know if this is true or not, but you know, so there's deceptive behaviors, but just because somebody blinks doesn't mean they're lying, or just because they did one thing doesn't mean they're lying, but if you have two to three deceptive behaviors in like 30 seconds, that's an indication of lying. Is there any truth to that, or is that a lie? No. <laughs> that's a true question. So, yeah, body body language really does show deception, and uh-huh. there's a science and, and training on that as far as like the angle of your eye after you ask a question if you look up to the right and wow um your heart rate your um brain waves obviously sure uh your sweat glands so much go into it the uh beautiful thing about the cvsa is it reads just the am and fm in your voice so when people get stressed usually you get stressed when you lie right the fm drops off leaving just the am and that's what the computer program is able to read is that the higher squeaky voice <laughs> how do you do it <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> so, so, so can i just oh, inter- please, what is in. the diff i mean i know am and fm mike so what's What's the AM and FM in a voice? Yeah, I well, just you know that exists. Yeah, yeah. Ju- just, just like your radio station, AM, FM, your voice has AM to it and FM to it. Really? And there's a, a lot of science beyond that. But when the, the FM actually rides on top of the AM and when people get stressed, and, and it's just like um, if I ask you a question that's just simple, your name, your address, it's like you're selecting a book off the shelf, right? right. It's easy to find and you could you have the answer immediately. 
um, how the CVSA uh, system works is if I ask you a, a question and you know you're going to have to make the answer up or lie about it, that book doesn't exist on the shelf. So you might try to get two or three books and put it together or whatever, but that's what causes the stress. That's what causes the FM to die out and leave just the AM. And uh, the CVSA system will actually graph that. So wow, that's how interesting. very, very basic. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very complicated, but basic. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. How yeah. simple it's, it is to really see if you're lying, right? right. And that's yeah. all from technology. Right. Right. So, Someone has figured out that technology. So through your years, years of law enforcement, though, would you rather rely on the computer or body language or both? I would say both. Yeah, trust would, your gut, right? Would you I, would would you be willing to hold hands with Super Dave and tell us if he's lying? <laughs> <laughs> so some people do pass those tests and they're still lying, right? Yeah, can you trick it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, extremely tough to trick, but I, I'm sure it's been done. Huh. And uh, just like a polygraph test, which is a lot more involved, it's a lot more sensory and okay. uh, a lot more to hook up. Um, people, I'm sure, have beat it, but it's pretty rare. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy that would just say, forget the test. I'm lying. Lock me up. <laughs> I can't do yeah. this. <laughs> or you just answer just truthfully, said, right? Yeah. I mean, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Super Dave, you would never fail. <laughs> you would never fail that test. It's not in your blood to, no, yeah. to lie. And yeah. That's what I love about you know the leadership group here is we could all be trusted. So let me ask you this, though, Mike. So you, you meet somebody. Like you met me this morning, right? And we start chit-chatting. Shady you know. character. <laughs> I agree. That's exactly what I thought when I met Mike. Yeah. You know, but I still wanted him on the podcast. Anyway. So Jam was like, "Wait a minute, we're bringing a cop in." That <laughs> to text lies. I'm out. I don't know if you could see my lie detector test going here, Mike. <laughs> you haven't been doing very well, but but you but you meet somebody, and I know you meet a lot of people for work because you're a recruiter and you you. You're the standards. You work for the standards unit. Like, this is our standard, and we, we have standards here. But, I mean, there's got to be a hard line in the sand for Broomfield PD. So, outside of work, though, you meet somebody. Like, you met Jim Dixon at the gym, right? And you're talking. Do you Are you watching body language? Are you just – is it just, like, an unconscious competence for you to, like, watch people to tell if they're lying? Wow, that's a good uh, question. Wow. Uh, my wife would say that I cannot remove the cop out of me. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes even as a father with adult kids. So um, just quick story. Years ago, I'm in Mexico and I'm walking the beach and uh, some guy starts screaming 5-0 at me, you know, 5-0, 5-0. And, uh, and I'm looking, I'm not wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm not yeah. wearing a hat that says anything about law enforcement. So, uh, you know, my wife is curious and ultimately she walks over and talks to this gentleman and says, why are you yelling five out? And she, he said, well, because that's a police officer. And she goes, wow. well, how can you tell the way he's looking, the way he walks, <laughs> everything. So, um, sometimes it's a little bit too ingrained. I think that's, huh. that's crazy. But the lying, getting back to the lying. <laughs> like, I understand like, you know, you know, you talk about situational awareness and, you know, you told the ice cream story. So you go to the restaurant, obviously, you know, 
you're probably in condition yellow, right? And you're checking things out. But when you're talking to people, do you assume that people lie to you? Because you probably get lied to a lot. <laughs> uh, given the situation, gotcha. in while you're doing work as law enforcement, unfortunately, yeah, I think most people, huh. you, you start to be a little bit jaded. Gotcha. Yeah. Why, why are you asking that so much, Sloshy? <laughs> <laughs> My name's just been jammed. I'm just super curious. It's, it's really interesting to me. No, it is interesting, Jim, yeah. Reading the Spy the Lie book and, and talking about body language, I used to really watch my daughter a lot. You know what I mean? I mean, she was only six, but I'm like, you know, did you eat candy? <laughs> you know what I mean? And wait for the answer, you know, you're lying. <laughs> and the chocolate on her, probably. Right. <laughs> right. No, I didn't eat, I didn't yeah. eat the chocolate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I love those little clips when you see them, right? Uh, good stuff. So, Mike, does does every candidate, how, how far into the hiring program is that candidate before they they go through that what was it the cv yeah the cvsa cvsa so uh, they usually um are selected from their application process and uh you know we look for the typical some education and and um, steady job history stuff like that but once they're selected they'll go in and do an oral interview with the uh, subject expert matters like say it's communications they'll interview for communication supervisors and probably some of the dispatchers will also be on the board um, once they pass them along into backgrounds then we'll conduct uh, a uh, day of pre-integrity type questions and do the cvsa at that time gotcha how hard is it to become a cop right now as far as if they make it to you you know what i mean like I was just talking to one of our drivers, and his sister just got on to uh, Jeffco. And uh, she tried to get on Denver, and she got disqualified because he, he said she told him that she had a, we'll just call it an oral surgery, or something that required either Vicodins or Percocets for recovery. And they eliminated her because they wanted more time between when she had taken those uh, prescribed narcotics to when she would be on the force do you is there any is wow. that is that do, do you feel like that's a thing or is it, that right now it's uh it's rough to recruit um police officers for the street mm -hmm. and it seems like uh, people to work communications um so if someone wanted to get into law enforcement now is the best time that there has been in years that exact situation, I, I'm not able to speak because right. a lot of times you don't have all the information. Sure. But um, usually if someone's done any type of what we consider hard drugs uh, in the last you know four or five years, that would probably be a disqualifier. Sure. Um, not automatically, but uh, we look at those things and... You know, like I said, steady job history and mm. and uh, obviously run-ins with law enforcement, that sure. type of thing. Or if you lied about it, you're done. You if can't. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you were, if you dropped your FM and you were just saying, <laughs> you could just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, as you say, the the best time to try to become a cop is it because of everything that's been going on with, we'll say the the peaceful protests and you know it seems like cities aren't backing up the police departments as much and 
cops are just under a lot of scrutiny when it comes to you know use of force and and stuff like that once again these are my opinions and right. they don't <laughs> necessarily yeah, uh, reflect the, obviously the uh, commerce city or the broomfield police department but you are correct it's uh, it's it's hard yeah it's it's uh, you work through uh, a lot of times on nights and holidays and work your kid's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you do the best you can um, given the situation. And sometimes, especially in this current culture, uh, you're under a microscope. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough. Yeah, it seems like, and I don't know about right now, but it seems like there's just a lot of, sque- there, there was a lot of, squeaky clean candidates out there where somebody wasn't perfect it was easy to eliminate them now where maybe people don't want to be a cop it's like oh well you know you did you know you smoked marijuana four years ago okay we'll we'll take you you know that's a great example um you know marijuana legalized in colorado um agencies don't allow their officers obviously to smoke marijuana because it uh the effects can carry over and affect their job. But with that said, you know, it's hard to find candidates that uh, have not smoked marijuana, sometimes even recently. So a lot of departments are lowering the standards um, and and saying maybe within the last year or the last six months that you haven't smoked or used marijuana. Wow, six months. Yeah, things have probably changed quite a bit. And then have you noticed since the doors are kind of opening up a little bit and things are a little looser from what you're describing, not what Broomfield PD is describing. Are you looking at some of these candidates like, man, I can't believe you're actually sitting here with me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've, I've had a few candidates that were passed on through the testing process. (laughs) I was amazed. Oh, Um, wow. That, yeah, that we, we uh, didn't end up hiring them. Um, cause they couldn't quite get through a background, but, gotcha. uh, yeah, it's, uh, once again, with even communications, you know, you have a position where people work through the middle of the night, holidays, weekends, and it's just tough to recruit for those positions. Yeah. We, we noticed we were, me and Dave were someplace. And I think it was for the Denver Sheriff's office. Wasn't it Dave over here? That they had that sign up. Oh anyway, yeah. They, they, yes. they had the amount of pay starting pay, Mike and me and Dave were like, I wouldn't work that job for that starting pay. Right. You know, why would you want to do that? I mean, you're putting your life on the line. You know, the, the, the yeah, culture that's for us, out, you'll make more. <laughs> right? The culture that was out there, Mike, that it, it has to be difficult, you know, to, to recruit people. Well, yeah. it's funny you should say that because a lot of agencies are now offering signing bonuses. Huh. Um, so they're given, you know, $10,000 signing bonus once you get through your field training program. Um, they've raised the... Uh, pay for a lot of different police departments um, a lot of the standard um, agencies are paying for laterals to come over at almost our their top step which is you know a basic officer completely uh, um, topped out at the top step is about a hundred thousand in some of the agencies so and the requirements for a lot of agencies have decreased where you could have a high school diploma and uh, we have a situation now called a sponsorship. So we'll hire you, and then we'll pay for you to go to a police academy 
will pay you a salary while you're at the police academy, wow. which was almost non-existent when I started. Yeah. And I think that's kind of helped recruiting where, let's say someone uh, has not had the opportunity to go to college and they've worked at a warehouse their whole life, but a good steady and the, you know, have good background. And we would pay for that person to, to go through the police academy, get all their training and uh, jump on board. Sure. Do you have enough applicants, Mike, for, for Broomfield? No. We, uh, no, we're uh, struggling a little bit to hire, but not near uh, what some of the other neighboring agencies are. Uh, maybe down as many as a, a fourth of their manpower. Sure. Wow. I, I had called and talked to you or texted, I think, I can't remember which, about... Uh, I can't think of Mike's last name that was running for Adams County Sheriff. Oh, uh, McIntosh. Yeah, Mike yeah. McIntosh, Mac. And uh, <clears throat> we had went and had lunch with him prior to the conversation you and I had. And uh, it was in some other context and stuff and just getting to know him and whatnot. And he said, Adams County is short. Do you remember how many how many I, sheriffs, Jim? I, I, I don't, Dave, because there was it, some in the jail and there was some in sheriff. It, in, am I, wasn't it over like 25 I, I'm trying to remember yeah. the number, and I don't, I'm, a, I'm hesitant to even say a number. Yeah. I shouldn't have. Yeah. So it, it was it, a significant, right? It was significant, yeah. Mike. Like, if Jim and I were running JFW and we were short 25 drivers, it would be crisis mode for us, right? But then on the other hand, Mike told us he's currently working in Douglas County, Douglas correct, County. Jim? Yep. And they were short one guy for the, for, the, for the jail, I think? Yeah, I think maybe that's where the conversation about the jail. Yes. And, and we, you know, of course, me and you asked, Dave, and I know that's where you're going. Right. We asked why, Mike. And he said that their culture there compared to Adams County is totally different. The respect the community gives That's them, it right there, and 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 the the respect the officers have for the community and stuff like that, and, and where he was working is is totally different than Adams County. But that was part of the reason he wanted to go back to Adams County and be sheriff and make that difference, make that connection between the community and his officers and stuff. So yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah and we never understood this, and it, you know, it's funny when you don't know something, you 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 don't know what you don't know, right, Mike. And I, I didn't understand this, but Adams County, and obviously you know this, but they are the they should be the top of the pyramid for every I'll call it district if that's the right word, but every police agency in Adams County, they should be working with, and Adams County should be like I'm going to call it the top of the pyramid. The, if that's the, the, the pinnacle, because they have North Glen, Thornton, you know, all Westminster, those, yeah, Westminster, all, yeah, all of those. I'll say under them, Commerce City or whatnot, and it's not the, it's not who's in charge. But they should be the communication liaison because if if everyone is reporting to them, and again, I don't know if that's all the right verbiage, but if there's a, a muffler sting happening in Commerce City and in Westminster, Adams County needs to know that because they, they're the communication key between those two. Instead of those two working with each other, they should be working with Adams County. And that was Mike's big thing is he said years ago, we were great at that. And he said, now we're not. So crime everywhere is skyrocketing. Is that is that like true, Mike? Did I... Describe that right, or, or am I way off? Did well, I no, I, I think you're right. The communication is such a key. We have different um, um, subject matter experts. Let's say you're a property detective. There's different groups that meet in the metro area that talk about, let's say, uh, catalytic converter thefts. That's huge right now, moneymaker for thieves. Um, and uh, um, stolen motor vehicles, there's uh, a group called CAT-EYE. And so communication is huge. 
I think the frustrating, uh, the most frustrating thing is it doesn't seem like the crime and the penalty equal anymore. Um, for example, is uh, motor vehicle theft now being a misdemeanor and fentanyl being decreased to a misdemeanor despite wow. how dangerous it is. So I think a lot of police officers get a feeling that uh, their job is more catch and release and that um, a lot of people that are doing very serious crime, there's no real consequence or penalty um, until they're caught so many times or they do a crime of violence. So I think that is a big problem with morale um, with different police departments and specific officers. Wow. that's That would have to be rough because in my eyes, the whole goal is to catch the bad guy. You catch him and they're just let go. How frustrating. Yeah, the goal is to make them pay so they can. Yeah. I mean, so it deters them, I guess, from doing it again or something. Right. Yeah, and if you look at the auto thefts, I mean, cars aren't cheap. No. <laughs> you know, and some people work their whole lives to have that kind of car or, or have a nicer car or anything like that. Yeah. And to have that stolen and violated, that's just, and yet it's just a misdemeanor. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah, and that's, I mean, here we go. This is episode 59. And here we go, making the turn back to political because our legislators make these rules, right? Or, or, you know, get things signed into law that that's the reason why. I mean, if we were tougher on crime, maybe we wouldn't have as much crime. Right. Right? Yep. So, <clears throat> yet we don't get a vote on that, right? As, as, as individuals or as <laughs> people that live here, we don't, we don't get a vote on that. We did get to vote. Well, we got to vote on who votes on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a raw deal. My mom just actually texted me here. <clears throat> she was just watching the news and said, uh, just saw on the news that CPC module thefts are rising. So criminals are actually stealing the computer units out of big trucks right now. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because you can't get them anywhere. Right. So they're stealing yeah. them and right. either putting them in their trucks or selling them to somebody who needs them. I bet. Yeah. Uh, well, the the ones we had, you know, here, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had one or two go out, none available here, and nobody to fix it. We shipped it right. to to Europe France or something to England to England and had it fixed and brought it back. And I know I've brought it up that you know we're supposed to be this big badass nation and we can't even fix a computer here. Yeah, right. we have to ship it away. That just bothers me. It's frustrating. <laughs> frustrating. Yep. Not the greatest country on earth. Nope. Well, I still think we're the greatest. Well, who's I better? Hope we are. We who's have better? a lot of great people. We yes. have a lot of great people, yeah. Jim. We got problems, you know what I mean? But we're still the greatest country. I wouldn't want to live in a different country. I agree. No, yeah. if you want to talk to somebody, talk to George. Right. You know, when he described oh ro rolling blackouts, they just shut the power off in South Africa for yeah. two hours. And whatever you're doing, you better try to get someplace where you don't need like gas. Yeah, he said, yeah. they, you know, if you if you need gas and you're in the two hour blackout, you just sit there until the pumps come back on. Isn't and he that said, California was he California or something? <laughs> oh, you just start no. your generator <laughs> in California. Two, Same he, thing. He said two hours a day, four times a day. Yeah, four right? times a day. Oh wow, That's all day. He said, <laughs> right? he, he said the theft. He said because he had a name for our pickups. They're not called pickups there. But he said if you had something in the back of your pickup, they would like steal it while you were at a light. Oh, wow. And oh, then run. That's oh, New York. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's New York. Yeah, that is New York. <laughs> uh, 
Mike, anything else you want to talk about in regards to uh, your career, Broomfield PD? You want to do a shameless plug for police candidates or... <laughs> well, we are accepting applications. <laughs> there you go. Love for you to apply. <laughs> now, I, I once again, I just uh, appreciate the opportunity to meet with the White Brothers in the JFW company, and yeah. uh, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, we're not done yet. We're just done with your segment. So please feel free to. Voice your opinions throughout the, I rest jump, of the podcast. Jump in there, I Mike. actually have come up with a couple questions that oh, aren't on here. So let's I, go. I'm, I'm kind of curious, Mike. It. And so we've had we put cameras in our trucks almost three years ago now. Uh, about six or eight months ago, we switched the cameras we had, Mike. And what it did is it took the old camera setup that we had. We were reactive, and what I mean by that is. Say you're sitting at an intersection and one of our trucks blows the red light. Our camera didn't notify us of that, right? It took a person sitting at the red light to call us and go, hey, your truck blew this red light, almost killed my family, whatever the case, right? And we would we could then go process the footage and figure it out. Well, now this other camera system that we've got, we've become proactive because it notifies us. It's got artificial intelligence in it. It knows whether they have the seatbelt on, whether they're going too fast in a zone we have set up, or if we're following too close. And so it's 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 raised our bar so far, Mike. It's been it is night and day, and <laughs> it was pretty much day one of the old camera system. Yes. <laughs> and we actually we had a driver lie to us, and he happened to break down in the middle of the day at a flat tire or something, and he come to the yard here. And Jam happened to go out and ask him, you know, hey, there's something wrong with the inside of your your camera. It, it like there's an instant of footage and then it's blacked out. Are you putting something over it? And he goes, no, I'm not doing that. And as he was leaving our yard, Jam happened to be getting out of his vehicle. It was a hundred percent coincidence, Mike. And he saw the driver like fiddling with the camera, and then he saw Jam and went right back to his seat. You know, and Jam goes, hey, did you just mess with the camera? And he goes, no, absolutely not. And it kind of became almost a bit of a shouting match to a, to a degree, not what? not not anything crazy. It was like, you think I'm lying? I'm not lying to you. You just called me a liar, you know, is what the guy's saying. And Jam's like, yeah, I'm calling you a liar. Yeah. Jam didn't have any CVSA instrument either. <laughs> like, so we didn't know what his FM or AM frequency was. But anyway, we were, you know, it was such a new system. It literally was like day one. Jam and I, we didn't know how to download it. Yeah. We, you know, I mean, we're out there. We're taking like the SD card out. We got to prove this guy. It's like it was a moment for us, right? And come to find out, Mike, we had the footage right there on the camera because it's on camera of him putting a piece of electrical tape right over oh, the wow. camera yeah. and lying to yeah. us, calling us the liar, yeah. you know, accusing him of lying. And it was so gratifying, which sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. But to catch someone in a bold-faced lie, have the video of it and go, you're fired, buddy. Go find success elsewhere. We yeah. don't accept that. And I guess what I'm leading up to, my whole question is in the story is, does Broomfield have body cams? We we do. Okay. And, and we've had them um, for several years. Um, and, yeah, most, most officers really like them um, because it's uh, usually indisputable. Um, you get a complaint and the officer or someone complains, officer said something or did something, Usually uh, the body cam footage will show and uh, make make the situation very easy. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think where it's a little bit tricky is sometimes situations happen and unfold in the middle of the night with very limited lighting, um, stuff like that. Sometimes the camera may capture more than the human eye. Um, the lighting may be better on the camera than what's seen. So there's a few things, but overall, I think the cameras, uh, have added a level of accountability, professionalism to law enforcement. And like I said, I think most police officers really enjoy having them. Yeah. We, we, you're about to say the same thing, Dave, or, or, yeah, same thing. It's it's funny. Like all of us are exactly, that's exactly what it's done for us. Mike is what you just described, except it's done that with us driving. Right. It's made us accountable. It's it's solved the situation. It's either they did this or we did that, and yeah, it's it, and you can't beat the evidence in court. Is is just when you have a situation and and you could play the video uh, on exactly how the situation went down for the jury or the judge. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We went from you know maybe one or two people quit when we got the cameras to you know people throwing fits about them to you know one of our biggest opponents of the cameras his camera broke and it was going to take like a week to get him a camera and he was like so i'm driving around unprotected like he brought in driving naked yes he he bought into it so much he didn't he wanted the camera and i i feel like most of our drivers do there's still some guys that don't love it but it's become a non-issue Dave, in your hiring experiences right now, I mean, are the cameras, do you even bring the cameras up anymore? I do, yeah, I, I point them out the minute we get in the truck and I go through, you know, the explanation of why and how it protects us and how ultimately you will love it. You will, It will become your friend because it protects you as a driver. But I'll tell you what, Jam, 99% of the people I talk to, it's nothing new. Right. right. They've had yeah. them for a while. It's, it's a standard. It is, yes. Yeah. We. We have these culture interviews in the mornings, Mike, with, with uh, not every morning, but any new employee that's been here, you know, two or three weeks, we try and meet with in the morning and just introduce ourselves, be sure we're all on the same page, how their experience has been so far, and, you know, just all these different things. And everyone, we kind of have this, we, it's almost like a roundtable thing. Dave's there, Jam's there, Jim and I are there. And, you know, one of us will ask about, are you in our 401k? And, uh, do you have our health insurance and you know these other things and one of us always gets to the cameras and we almost get the same exact thing every time that at first they didn't like them but it has made them a better driver because if you're if you're following too close it the voice comes right on and says you're you know increase following distance and it, it gives them the awareness and it, it has it has it has made us a better company because of that so I'm, that's good to hear that that the majority of of you know, the police people think that as well, you know, and it is right or wrong. An incident is cut and dry. You know, if we made a mistake, it's right there, black and white on cam- or in color on camera. It, this was our fault, you know, and it's kind of nice with the insurance company. They can, we're guilty or innocent. Boom. It's, it's done. Like they either know, Hey, we owe for the damage on this car or, or Hey, you, that isn't what happened. You know, we had a case, we had a woman run out in front of us on highway 85, like literally trying to play Frogger jumping in front of the truck wow it's suicide yeah yeah Yeah. trying to commit suicide and they it you know it's so frustrating the the people that are in that frame of mind they're obviously need help right i mean we don't even need to say that but the police basically wrote it off as they (laughs) it was in the middle of covid and they literally called it a covid induced psychosis mike 
Hmm. is what they said. Wow. She had had some problems with her family. And I mean, she literally climbed up the embankment, ran across the on-ramp. And luckily it was the on-ramp. So the car that was coming on the on-ramp was able to stop because they weren't going 65 miles an hour yet. Our truck had kind of, you come over, it's right in Brighton, right as you go over Highway 7, where the roundabouts are. Yeah. Right, and you just—it's—it's it's a little bit of an uphill. You go over the bridge and a little bit of a turn, and you start down the hill where the on-ramp is getting on, going northbound, right there. And she literally was was our our truck saw her moved from the slow lane to the fast lane as he was hitting the brakes, and she jumped in front of him then in front of the fast lane, and he you know this whole time he's just stopping as hard as he can, and then he jerks the wheel at the last minute and barely bumps her with a front corner. But I mean. This is a thirty thousand pound truck hitting a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Probably at at what speed we don't know. Probably thirty miles an hour or more. At that, she still point. broke some things. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think she yeah. had. A, I mean, they were saying she was lucky, right? I think it was a broke <laughs> pelvis or leg or something. And something, yeah. you know, you you have those things happen, and so nice to be so clear. Our driver was doing everything right. He wasn't on the phone. He wasn't distracted. You know, he tried to move out of her way. She came over. She's literally looking at the truck stepping in front of it yeah. i mean it, it was it was pretty surreal you know and driver did an amazing job so right. it was i guess all i'm getting at is there's that reassurance there's that balance yeah. a we did everything right b we have the proof it isn't a he said she said anything like that you know yeah it's so nice to uh respond well it's not nice responding to accidents but when you respond to them and you have a video of what happened and you get there and the car the, the four-wheelers lying Right, they don't. They're not telling the truth about it, and you just show the cop the video, and it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, one of the funnest stories about that jam was down on Santa Fe, when I don't even remember who the driver was, but he hit a kid driving his dad's car, and the kid was like, "You hit me!" And, oh, yeah. and I remember uh, that jam? Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember and you that. You came yeah. down and had the video and say, yeah. "Officer, would you like to see the video?" And the yeah. dad showed up and oh, yeah. he railed on the kid. Yeah. You never drive in my car again yeah Yeah. Yeah, the dad was like that isn't what he said right it was great yeah yeah Yeah. like i i talked to the cop and then the cop told the dad and then the dad approached me like can i see that video yeah absolutely (laughs) and he's watching what was he thinking what was he thinking (laughs) (laughs) wow how beneficial yes owners of a company to be able to have that and and great technology and to have our people like it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the cool thing. Where we thought it was really going to be a problem has become a, a real game changer. So, ha- has, has, Not to interrupt. It has to be for the police officer, too, though. Mike, I mean, to be a, accused, I mean, you're already possibly a bad guy. So, you know, you're going to be more likely to lie. And here it is, all on film, you know, and, and how the officer handed himself. Yeah. has to be awesome for the officers. It, it is. It is. And the... You know, to do the the standards supervisor and to do the investigation is really easy. To say, hey, why don't you come in and and we'll take a look at the video together. And I, I I'm not aware of any times the people actually come in because at that point in time, <laughs> right? They, yeah, that's and, and it so is. So you're work, involved work, in that, Mike. Work. You're not just in the hiring side. That's part of the standards as well. It's part of the standards, not my um, okay. business. Okay. But, um, and it has worked before where the officer has made a mistake, you know, and was in the wrong, and it's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, hopefully it's a learning point, not, not something so serious that they lose their job or something, but it's a learning point. Correct. You know, makes you better. Yeah. 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 
The the last thing I had, and I don't, I don't even know what I'm asking exactly, but a year or two ago, Mike, there was a, a law that was changed, and I don't know if it was in the state or all the cities or how that works, but uh, as a as a police officer, you're protected by your city or your whoever your whatever agency you're working for by that agency from being sued personally, oh. and now you can be sued personally. Right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, think you're talking about House Bill uh, two seventeen that uh, was brought in and it removed um, some of the liability insurance that was yes. covered for police officers for the uh, acting under the, the color of the law. Um, I don't have all the specifics. Um, it has changed, I think, how police officers do business. Um, with the House bill, it also restricted uh, the activity that police officers are allowed to do. Um, it used to be uh, if someone looks suspicious, you know, you would automatically, that was kind of your duty, your job to go contact them. This is uh, tighten things down a lot where you have to pretty much have someone in the commission of a crime, either right before or right after, before you do that contact. Um, so, yeah, in, in my humble opinion, definitely not for the better, mm. for trying to decrease criminal activity. Right. Yeah. So that is a statewide thing. It is. It's it's statewide. So it doesn't Colorado. matter what you could work for Commerce City for State Patrol. Doesn't matter. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Gotcha. Do you, I mean in in just your personal opinion? Did that help us or hurt us? Oh, my personal opinion. Um, if you're a criminal, it definitely helped you. Right. That's. Right. Yeah. Because you're probably not going to be contacted in the same situation as before that uh, uh, law was passed. Gotcha. So. Yeah, not to make light of the situation, but your little ice cream truck, you were suspicious. <laughs> Mike could have Mike contacted you. Now well, he can't. You know, I mean, we talk about this all the time about stereotyping, right? I mean, we, we, we teach our kids, you don't stereotype someone, you know. Ray, our guest last week, right? I mean, Mike, if you were to see him, you would automatically stereotype him, right? I mean, he's got some tattoos on his face, and I mean, he, he fits the bill, but he... I mean, truly, he's been here over two years now, and I mean, he is literally the nicest guy in the world. Has he come from nothing? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, he's—he's—I don't want to say paid his dues, but he's paid his dues, right? He's learned right from wrong. He's made mistakes, and he's better for that now. But there's some other characters that may look like that that haven't, right? So we teach our kids: Hey, you see somebody walking down the street like that. You you might want to cross the street or or be cautious or whatever. And I, I'm not I'm not dinging Ray. I love him, man. I was back yesterday. And he came in the office, gave me a hug because I was gone last week. You know, he's that type guy. But I guess what I mean is to stereotype someone for your safety. Well, is I, is I would say it's more the behavior than uh, the the hair or tattoos or anything. It's the behavior. Go. It's okay. it's why is someone walking through a parking lot um, at two o'clock in the morning? Um, when it doesn't look like they're really going to anything specific or waiting for someone um, other than, you know, a criminal activity to case cars or whatever. And uh, why is someone, when they walk every third step, kind of grabbing their right front pocket, like adjusting, you know, which, you know, typical if someone was, you know, adjusting a weapon or something. So I would say, um, yeah, more of the behavior okay. is what Good. what the officers are trained 
to to look at um, vehicles parked a certain way at night why is a car parked in a field you know at uh, the middle of the night with nothing around it you know is it sure. is it stolen are there they there doing drugs you know that type of activity gotcha so okay yeah. so, something that's bothered me lately mike and and maybe you can help me out on this um but all the mass shootings you know whether it's at a walmart now or or you know your church event or different stuff like that and like my, my middle daughter she's still single so she's not usually with her husband or a boyfriend she's with a group of girls and I always try them to try to tell them hey watch out be aware of this try to look for this try to look for that and the you know the uh, i think there was another one at walmart back east or something like that and you know then i think a holly out shopping she's the she's the one that does all the food and grocery shopping you know over me right. and i'm like what do I tell her to watch for? What, 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 how, can you, how can you protect yourself in that situation? When you, when you talk about the other things, you know, they're not going to be out at 2 o'clock in the morning in a vacant, you know, in a parking lot, Mike. Correct. You know what I mean? But this is, you know, try to be aware of your surroundings. Look, look, out, look at people, I guess, is what I, but, what I try to teach you. I mean, is that even an option, Jim? And I guess, I mean, I, I, we had some downtime last week at that swim meet. And our hotel room had Showtime. There's a series on Showtime. I mean, I don't have cable, so I don't have Showtime. But there's a series on cable right now that you can watch. And it's about all the mass shootings. And they started with Columbine. They did the Aurora City, or I always say Aurora City, but the Aurora Theater shooting at uh, the theater. The, I mean, they went over the uh, Pulse nightclub in Florida. I mean, the shootings were endless Jim, mm-hmm. all these mass killings, the yeah. you know the King Supers here in Boulder, the other stuff, and how do you prepare for that? You know, I know at the schools, Mike, the SROs obviously Columbine didn't have an SRO, I would guess, way back in the day. I mean, that was that was in '99 when we were building this building. I mean, I, it was one of those moments like when the shuttle blew up. You remember where you were at, right. you know, and it, it was. I mean, if they did, they weren't. You wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't have expected that as a. I think as a society, especially in the schools, we're starting to develop a much better. I know as supervising the school resource officers, if there's any type of a threat, even if it's something as simple as something uh, written, uh, school shooting on Friday on the bathroom wall, um, how we investigate it, how thorough we are, uh, how we take any threat serious until we determine it's not serious, um, there's a lot of systems in place where, you know, even a couple of years ago, uh, we would not uh, take the threat so serious because obviously you have to. But I think uh, there's a procedure or a system you put in place where if someone's on social media and they're making threats, um, no longer do we look the other way. We, we contact them. We talk to parents. We talk about do they have access to weapons, all that. So there's different things. But if you look at some of the shootings, there was signs there, not all of them, but there was signs there, but some system broke down. They didn't properly follow through. The Florida incident at the high school, that that, that kid was a threat, mm-hmm. and not all the right uh, systems went in place to make sure he, he wouldn't have access to come back to the school. And then even when he did come back to the school, people talked themselves out of doing the immediate reporting. So, Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hard. Any suggestions for, like, 
like my daughter. I know I'm kind of putting you on a spot, or my wife. I mean, because the school shootings are, are yeah. terrible anyway. But I, I don't have I don't have school age kids anymore. L- luckily, I guess. I mean, you know, I just, both your daughters are you know out doing some stuff. The one's about to be a nurse, and you, you know all that kind of stuff. We just had a friend, Jim. Uh, Danny reached out to me from Diversified and asked how safe are the schools there at, at uh, Adams 12 because they're looking at putting their daughter, she's just their first kid. They have two, first one going to go to school, and he's thinking about putting them in private school just because of the sheer safety aspect of private school versus public. And I reassured him about Adams 12 that I I, I never one time through, through grade school, junior high, or high school with Sam – felt like there was a safety issue you know i just i was it was i felt secure about that but you're right what else how do you prepare them at king supers how do you prepare them at walmart how do you prepare them yeah wherever it could happen you, you know jim i think you said it best i mean you can't you obviously can't prepare for everything Situ, situational awareness is huge where do you park who you park next to are you paying attention when you get out of your car you know, when you're when you're shopping, you know, are you kind of looking around? Are you aware if there's any type of, of threat or incident? Where's the exits? How uh, how quickly can you get out of the building? Thinking non-traditional, and if there is a threat in the store, do you have to run past it to go out the front, or can you run through the um, employee entrance in the back to get out? different uh thoughts like that and it's that situational you obviously you can't prepare for for everything but yeah just uh, i talk to my uh uh, daughters all the time my daughter walking to and from you know her nursing school and and uh, what's in your hand do you have a some type of weapon in your hand um what do you do if someone approaches you and, and starts trying to talk to you and you have no idea who this person is you know are you comfortable in screaming out loud or drawing attention to yourself are you comfortable turning around and walking back the exact same direction you came from to avoid that contact so different things like that yeah yeah i appreciate that mike good good tips yeah yeah Yeah, great tips yeah i mean i think they i think i've tried to teach them that but it's still it's just the next worry is being a dad or a husband yeah it's all all of us fear that that you know our loved one would be attacked or hurt mm-hmm. by by some type of uh, violent incident. Yeah. yeah. So you have two two grandsons now. I do. Yeah. yeah. Would yeah. you Asher and Tucker? Oh, very cool yeah. names. That's very cool. When they get to the age, Mike, what would you think if they went into to the police field? I mean, would you would you advise them not to or to? Um, that's a, a tough question because law enforcement has been so good to me and uh, provided a lot of uh, really neat things in life. But uh, if I'm being dead honest, I would uh, hope that they would choose a different career unless things in society change. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. <clears throat> Jim or Soup, you got any questions for Mike? No, no, just, yeah, I know we're, we're not done yet, but thanks, Mike. Good, <laughs> yeah. good, good great, having you on. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so nice to be here. Thank yeah. you. Moving on, uh, questions from the audience. Uncle Freddie wants to know why the port in Fort Collins has no digital readout. It's got the the, the banner or whatever you want to call it. How the, the display? Po- the display, but it's not working. He thinks that's unfair. He wanted us to contact Sergeant Greninger about it, but Sergeant Greninger doesn't have anything to do with the ports. 
Well, they're, they're under the state patrol. That changed several years ago. The, the people working at the ports of entry are state patrolmen. Well, so maybe that's a maybe that's a conversation because I mean he is a DOT officer. I yeah. think that's a I think that's a worth. An he could email. at least probably point us in the right direction <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. I would just ask in the port. That's why what I would do. Why, why isn't the display working? Yeah. Well, obviously they have it. I mean, my guess is uh, it's not hooked up yet. Yeah, I'm yeah, dumbing it down, right? I mean, it's, it's broke or, or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Pro- yeah. I, I, I don't think parts. it's on purpose. Yeah, can't get labor yeah. to hook parts. it up. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. And then Martinez just sent me a question. Uh, Here it is. Why are some of our trucks having transmission faults, and why are we having a hard time fixing these issues? I find it dangerous when we are loaded and coming down a mountain. Great question. That is a great question. And welcome to the supply chain world faux pas, right? Just who was that that asked? Andrew? Martinez. Martinez. Andrew Martinez. No, 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 no. Mike. Tony. Uh, Tony, I mean, yeah. Taquito. Oh, Tony Martinez. Gotcha. So, Tony, I agree with you 100%. It is damn dangerous. It sucks. It's miserable. I know we just you just had an issue with it like a month ago and had to scurry off I-25 to the shoulder just to do the, do the reset. So we have three transmissions broken right now. It's The component is called an MTM. If you're bored and want some education and want to come over here, we have the complete MTM. It's the whole top half, the shifting components of the transmission, and there are none available, period. End of story, there are none available. They're, they're, we can't get them to give us a new transmission, a replacement transmission, just because of sheer va- availability. Uh, and believe you me, we've been able to circumvent, and when I say we, it's been mainly Mike, in the shop, Mikey, he has become a guru of thinking outside the box, right? If we need a component, he's able to get it somewhere. We've been able to mastermind, you know, brainstorm, come up with whatever. We have three transmissions out. It's the MTM. It's the M. The first M stands for like monochromatic or something like that transmission module. So it's the brain, it's the solenoids, it's the shift forks. It's all one component. Now, it's comprised of several components, and it's a very technical piece. And the only reason why I say it's a technical piece is Eaton Transmission or Packcar or Cummins or whatever you want to call it because that was a joint venture creating that. They took and just rebuilt 40 of them, Tony. Three worked. They just rebuilt 40 of them, and three worked. We've actually we've got so many trucks broke down right now, Tony, that we can't get parts for or we have parts coming that are in route. Like one truck has a blown transmission or a blown engine. To get that engine out, we have to pull the transmission. Mike literally took the transmission out of that truck and took it to Peterbilt and put it in another truck just to get that truck up and going while we're waiting for the engine to come in. I mean, he's he's putting puzzle pieces together all day long to try and get trucks up and going. It has been crazy. We just had two brand new trucks delivered. One is here. The other one, what truck did Gilbert Benny take? 0047? No, he's in 68, I think. Yeah, it was. It was oh, new 68. New okay. 68, yeah. So he drove the truck three days. It had 1,900 miles on it, and the diff went out in it. We just found out yesterday, Kenworth at the factory put in five wrong differentials. Wow. That was one of the trucks. Wow. So, again, to keep, our, to keep you guys working and, and productive... Mike took one of the brand new trucks here that's not in service, 
took the differential out of it, put it in Gilbert's truck so Gilbert could keep trucking, took that differential that was broke over to MHC Kenworth. We're still waiting on one to be delivered. Now we have the new truck ready to go in service, and we had to tear the differential out of it. So we don't have, you know, we don't have anything available. And and Mike's going round and round with with MHC Kenworth, going, "Hey guys, we where's my diff? I need a diff. This truck, we just spent a hundred and eighty thousand dollars on a truck we made. We t- we stole parts off of. So Tony, I, I great question. I wish I had a better answer for you. We are in the middle of a supply chain fiasco. Nightmare. I, I mean, it is. I would almost tell you it's worse now." Then twelve months ago or twenty months ago, it, it's it's getting worse, and the and the I, what you would think would be common or available just isn't, and it's it is. It, if you think it's frustrating on your end, you ought to be trying to make truck payments on trucks you can't run because we don't have parts for them. It is a hundred percent frustrating. So, I that's about the best answer I can get for you. The rest of the stuff we've been been pretty creative in working around and you know, getting parts for or used parts or, you know, we had a situation on an air dryer on one of the freight liners that that air dryer wasn't available. And it's like, you know, we had one of our guys in the shop going, Hey, Freightliner doesn't have this air dryer. You know, the truck's going to be down. And when Mike got wind of it, Mike's like, well, let's find a different air dryer. Why do we have to have that one? Let's redo the system, put this air dryer on it. It functions the same, but it's instead of brand Y, it's brand X, right? And, you know, we had to re-retrofit the whole truck. And this is a brand new truck under warranty that was going to be down for an air dryer. So, you know, kudos to Mikey behind the scenes that, that no one sees. He, is, he spends most of his day hunting down parts. He does. And it, it's something as essential as an air compressor. Right. You can't get the air compressor for 0040. Right. Yeah. 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 National Un- back order. Yeah, Unbelievable. Just, not that it makes a whole lot of difference, Dave, but Mechatronic. 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 Yes. Transmission yep. module. Yep. And it is, MTM. it's the shift plate on the top. Yeah. And it, I mean, it is, you call it just a shift plate, which I was calling it a shift plate. Well, it is called a shift plate. But you see it sitting on the desk over there, and you go, Oh my God, that's yeah. a shift plate. I mean, it's got the the forks, the computers, the the base of it, the yeah. the modules in it. Yeah, you I know, think they call that? it Megatronic because it looks like something off Megatron from right? Transformers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a pretty crazy component. So, Tony, I'm sorry. I I, I apologize to all you guys that are having to do the little shut the truck off trick or undo the battery trick or you know, and, and so much of this, you guys is is our this is due to our pollution stuff. I know we've done the transmissions because they're lighter and we get more fuel mileage, but again, that's down to pollution mm-hmm. and it, 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 it all works hand in hand. So, yeah. 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 And the thing is there is the, you know, we, you just mentioned it. We barely have any trucks here that's over 30 months old, Dave. Yeah. And we've tried to make the fleet better. We've tried to give you all of you guys uh, and gals better equipment. And then we're faced with this. You know that the new stuff isn't working, and then on top of it, you can't get parts for it to replace right. it. I mean, wow! Right. Just yeah, just talk about a kick. You know, it it hurts. Safety topic of the week, Jim. You want to take this topic? Uh, that would be what, cell phone use. What are you talking? Yeah, phone, phone. Is it phone use? Is that is that the topic? Oh yeah. For, for the, should I read what everybody signs? Yes. When they hire on on for with us, I would love. You know, that. just to, just to. Just to go over it, because we gotta gotta get up on the soapbox here, because we've had we had an accident 
a year ago from a cell phone, same kind of circumstances where we were sitting in traffic and thought it was okay to look at the cell phone and took the cell phone and let off the brakes and rolled forward and hit a car and then kept pushing the car. Yeah, because we were so close to it, it disappeared in the hood, so the driver didn't even stop. He yeah, just didn't looked even, up. And couldn't feel it with the automatic transmission because right. we've made them so so good to pick up a, a, a load and go on. And, and the one we had the other day was same situation, in traffic, stopped, reached up and, and looked at their phone that was mounted on the dash and rolled backwards and uh, rolled into a car and, and uh, damaged a car. So... Um, just to, just to read this, that you guys all sign this, you guys is uh, two- wait, wait before you read that, Jim. How did we roll back into a car with? Because all the trucks have roll control on them, right? You have you have the well, you have urge to move, hit, hit, and you have assist. hill assist, hill right? Start assist, right? So hill assist doesn't kick in, and I'm and I'm making this number up. What seven percent grade? Exactly. You know, ten percent hill, whatever. It has to be a hill that the truck feels you're really going to roll back on. So the hill assist kicks in and locks the brakes up, feels that, okay? So that's, that's a safety feature. Also, in all the transmissions, we have an urge to move mode also. So when you release the brakes, the truck automatically starts to go forward or, or, or in reverse. But sitting in the traffic or stopped, if you, if you have your foot on the, pre- on the brake where there's enough pressure that the transmission goes, oh, you have the brakes on, but... I don't need to know in, go in gear, but not enough brake pressure to apply the brakes to stop you from rolling right. in either direction. So, you know, again, the, the you know, driver is stopped, has the brakes applied, but not enough pressure, not a least amount of pressure, enough pressure to hold the truck still or kick in the transmission. Perfect storm. You know, everything we've tried to get rid of and the, and the perfect storm happens and the truck rolls back and, and hits somebody, which, you know, it has to be pretty scary for the person that the truck's rolling back. Because how many times have we all been in an intersection behind a car, behind a truck, behind whatever, and that person starts to roll back right. and you're like, stop, 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 because you can't go backwards, right? you know, and you're, you, it's absolutely helpless situation. So... Hey, just for everybody, and every one of you signs this, whether you're an old employee, new employee, it doesn't matter. So to all employees, it is mandatory that all drivers read and understand the summary of the federal restriction on handheld use of cellular phones for CDL drivers. The JFW Corporation company policy is in line with the federal law that prohibits the use of handheld phones. So here's the thing, guys. JFW Corporation prohibits the use of handheld phones, smartphones, tablets, and laptop computers at all times unless the vehicle is parked in a safe location with the parking brake applied. So both the instances we've had with the cell phone, you're not parked, you're not in a safe location, and the brakes aren't applied. Aren't set. Aren't set, right? right. So we've... We've this whole thing that you what what's your standard? What's your bar? What have you signed? What have you what have you done to put yourself in this situation that you're not abiding by our rule and the federal rule? And you know, JFW Corporation has zero tolerance in accordance with these regulations. Any driver found to be in violation of the company policy will be subject to immediate termination. 
No exceptions. No exceptions. You've signed this. And I believe I'm, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot, Dave. Did we not make an exception this morning? We did, Jim. You know, and that's that's tough because that's not what they signed. And, and now that driver is questioning our bar, our standard, Dave. But well, the other drivers are. Right. The, the other drivers are, but that, that – but that driver put us on the spot to make us question our bar right. should be my statement. And that's tough, you guys, because we're not, we're, we're not after having to make this choice. That's the thing. We're having to make a choice. You, th- you guys think it's easy to fire somebody? You think it's easy to let anybody go? You know, right or wrong, clear cut? It is never easy. It is agonizing for, for myself and Dave as leaders, for the, the steering committee, and... We, I mean, one of the people last week, we, luckily you guys worked 10 or 12 hours because we agonized in uh, how many emails over eight hours to let somebody go that we all gave our opinion. When it should have been just cut and dried and the driver was let go, you know, but we agonized over it. And, and here again, where, where are you guys' bar? You know, you've signed this, you've read it, you know it, you know how dangerous it is. We just should not have that type of accident. Well, how many times did we talk about situational awareness already today? Yeah. That's situational yeah. awareness. You're sitting at an intersection. You're not stopped somewhere. You're not parked somewhere. I mean, how many times have we went over that in the podcast of just stop and park? You're at a plant or you're at a pit within every hour. Almost guaranteed. Or you can stop somewhere anytime. Yeah. yeah. You can find an off-ramp to park on yeah, if you for need five to, minutes yeah. and have a conversation. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and you know, you, you, you know... Mike had to leave us, which great guest, but you know, a police officer, their situational awareness could be that they're just shot. Yep. Period. Boom, you're dead. I don't I don't, I don't give a crap. You're just dead. Yep. You know, our situation and, and no bad no matter how badly this driver might feel, but he has no responsibility for that. He's not having to pay for that other car, not having to pay for the damage of the truck. There's there's no responsibility except for his bar. And how he made every one of his sisters and brothers look by that mistake. I mean, that should be the weight of the world on his shoulders at that point. Because it's not financial. It's what we talk about every time in this show or this podcast is how the rest of your brothers and sisters are viewed by how you drove that truck. Because you had to talk on the phone. Or and it, he didn't talk on the phone. I should not say that. Had to look at his phone, and I I don't know the 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 pressure of that. When when do like having the driver's license? When are you guys going to take responsibilities for yourselves? And that that's a drastic statement. But I can't you know I can't go. Hey, this week let's not do payroll. Right. <laughs> you know. Hey. Hey, I forgot. You know. Hey. Wait. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to make a bank deposit because I'm on the phone. I just, I just, I don't know. It just bothers me deep down. <laughs> we talked about that in the committee meeting this morning, Jim. It's being aware of what your responsibilities are in these trucks. Sure, we all come to work. We work 60 hours a week. We get here at 5 o'clock in the morning. We drive 400 miles a day. But every one of those miles that you drive, you are so... I mean, you are responsible for the truck, for your life, for your family's lives, for the lives of people on the road. 
and everything that you do will affect that you know even just looking at your phone what if that you know person in that car had a heart attack because he freaked out because the truck was rolling back at him but every action or inaction has a result and the consequences of of us operating these trucks every day is is huge and it's very easily overlooked we're just out driving our trucks and looking at the scenery doing our loads i'm going to get six loads to plant two today good day but uh, we have to be aware of that's that intensity and that seriousness of what we do every day it's not like we're just going to work and running a cash register or yeah no you know whatever sweeping a floor you know and those people aren't involved in the cleanup of that either dave because jr or jam has to turn in that claim to the insurance company we've got to provide the photos we've got to somehow get that person's car repaired that person has to get a rental car for two weeks three weeks what if there's parts on their car with the supply chain issue that aren't available and they're out their car and that's their favorite car i mean Take away your car. I'm I'm pretty helpless if I don't have my vehicle, and I'm pretty fond of my vehicle. I like it, you know. So, I mean, think about that. You know, then then the next case in that whole scenario is that also broke one of the air fittings on one of the brake pods, mm-hmm. where the car had had. When I say the car hit it, <laughs> it rolled into the car. Right, the trailer hit the car, so it damaged one of the brake lines that we weren't aware of and we the shop tried to talk the driver through caging the brake and putting a pin in it or pinning the brake and that wasn't done to a hundred percent success and then we caught the trailer brakes on fire and you know now that trailer's down and out of service and that person's car we rolled back into is out of service you know we hope there's not a lawsuit through the incident jr's time was taken the shop's time was taken our time was taken here we are you know beating it all because you had to look at your damn phone. Do yeah, your where, job. Where did it Bill start? Bill Belichick, just do your job. Yeah. There's a time and a place to do these things. That's not it. Yeah. Did that driver this morning, Soup, understand the gravity of the situation and what we normally do? Yeah, I sure believe he did, Jim. <laughs> um, he is a, a conscientious young man, um, and he made the statement that I am better than that. And... I don't remember if I said anything, but I think it, I thought it, and it might not have been my outside voice, but you know, you're only as good as you are in that moment. Right. We're all human. We all lapse, you know, but essentially we can never lapse out there. Not until we set that brake and get out of the truck and turn the engine off. It's, it's a hugely responsible job. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It makes me think of one of Jam's quotes and, I'm pretty sure I actually have this one right, Jam, but how we do some things is generally how we do all things. Yes, that's right. That's pretty close. Very so true. It's, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's, you know, some influence in that wow. with saying that, right? Oh, so that's a perfect segue. Can I bring up pushing the cart back and putting it up at the grocery <laughs> store? <laughs> Every time I go shopping, I think of you, Jim. I don't. Jim <laughs> says he hates me because he, he has to go push the cart back. Me too. Me too. <laughs> The other day, I didn't, and I was like, screw you, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get even with you. Oh, man. Just came in. I pushed it back. I put them all inside. I wiped them down for people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad glad it turned to laughter because it feels like such a serious. You look sick over there. Like, I'm watching you, and I'm like, oh, this 
It's yeah. not sitting well with you at all. And, you know, you guys talked to me about it yesterday, and I got defensive for the driver because I felt he was better than that. And then the words came out of my mouth before I really thought about it. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, he's not really. And then I was like, no, he, he that's exactly what he did. I can't, you can't, it's not defendable. It's not defendable. The camera don't lie. We all yeah. see what happened. Yep. You know. We weren't so. aware of our situation. We weren't using our situational awareness. Oh. That phone was more important. More important than the brake pedal. Absolutely. Yeah. More important than someone's life. More important than someone's property. Yep. More important than all of those things we just discussed. Yeah. And I was made aware of it. I've signed off on a page on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was taught that. I went through orientation and was explained that. The whole nine yards. I feel yeah, like we, we weren't negligent on how we, how we approached the problem right yeah i feel like we need a standards unit here at JFW. <laughs> you know like, but i jam i, I have to because <laughs> even the standard units has to have a gray area for me and 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 i know i know we're trying to hold ourselves accountable we're talking about that bar and you know i i, I was trying to think a better way to point this home is uh you know paco i i am so proud of you paco because You've you've been here four years and you haven't called out and I, I don't know about being late. Um, nothing. nothing, nothing, nothing. So and I, I could be wrong. I know you're, I know you're accident free if I'm not mistaken as well. Well, just just the one lady that crossed the lane and he saved her life. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Being involved in a non non at fault accident is still accident free. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't cause it. Right. Yeah. And. The, the reason I am so proud of you, Paco, is because my bar is that. And if you can't, if you can't live up to my bar, then I, 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 I don't look down at you, but if I can do it, you can do it. Right. So, there Paco, I don't know if you're aware of it, but for elementary school, I got the award that they've <laughs> only ever given out. Um, you know, at that time when I graduated from from elementary school, but I never missed a day of school in six years, and I and I got a special award that I didn't even know I was going to get. That's okay, cool. and so that was you know that was the start of my mom. Mom Evelyn used to make fun of me that I only got sick in the summer and on winter break. That's the only time I was sick. So you know, <laughs> Christmas break I was always sick. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and and then you know through my forty years here at JFW, I, I can probably count in forty years. <laughs> I mean, Dave, what do you think? I've been like ten times, five times. Yeah, at at most. <laughs> you know, and I guess that's that's my bar. You right. know, and I and 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 if I can do it, you can do it. I guess it's the same thing. If Ray, where Ray came from, if he can do it, you can do it. There's no there's no excuses, and we, we can't have. We can't be on the phone because that's our bar. We have to set that up. Everybody has to do that for for six months, two years, forty years. It doesn't matter. We have to be able to do that. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Guys, want to hit the new segment tips and tricks? Yeah, you want to take because that, that's another thing. I'm proud of Ray on that one because that's that's a hell of a little tip. You know, it's a, it's a it's a great tip. I mean, nope. you want me to do it, or you guys do it? The tip of just stay off the phone. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let, yeah. Wait a minute. Let me let me back up for safety topics too, though, because uh, 
uh, Troy talking to him on the radio this morning brought up some good issues because we were trying to hold up one of the Coors delivery trucks that was headed out east to the one of the dairies out to not Wildcat uh, Hill, Deer, Va- Deer Valley. Deer Valley, thanks, Dave. I never remembered Deer Valley, but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, we just had a hell of a storm out east, right? We got a skiff. We got nothing here. Right. But out east, they got pounded, and then the wind and snow drifts, road closures, I-76 closed. I don't think we've delivered a load out I-76 for 24 hours as of this morning, right? So that driver was headed out there, and it's like, whoa, 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 the interstate's closed. We've got you know eight preloaded trucks between last night and, and what we didn't deliver yesterday afternoon and whatnot. So there's a lot of Coors issues and I think this kind of translates a little bit to Bulkers, too, because at 3 o'clock this morning, Rob was sending out texts and emails holding up the Bulker guys because 287 was closed as well due to wind and blowing snow conditions. So the for safety topics, think of where you're going. Think of the distance you're going. Think of the weather that might be out there. You know, I know Dave talks about being a, a, a Boy Scout all the time and bring extra clothing. I mean, I know he always pushes that, drives that home, but between here and Fair Play is almost the same as between here and Deer Valley. You know, it's an hour drive out there. It was a whole lot different weather conditions out there than it was here, right? Here it was perfectly fine. You'd never know anything was bad, but out there it was a mess. I mean, Jesse sent a video yesterday. I don't know how long he was stuck out there out on I-76. I don't even know where at, but it was blizzard-like conditions. It was miserable. I don't even know if he was able to deliver his load. He may have brought it back. I'm not sure. He did. Did he? Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't ask him, but I saw it on the Samsara. Gotcha. He went all the way out there and was on his way back. Gotcha. But he did deliver. Yeah. Okay. So on those delivery things, and this is because of past experience, right? All of those dirt roads are crowned. If they're snow-packed and snow-covered, do we drive in the middle of them, or do we drive clear to the side where if you lose traction, you're going to slide into the ditch? Boy, I stay in the middle no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Dave? Exactly. It could be soft. It could be wet. It could be slick. It could be anything. I mean, we have made so many trips out there on dirt roads for trucks in the ditch or trucks stuck on the road or trucks stuck in a snowdrift, right? We've had a trailer at an actual dairy that we tipped over because he drove out where no one else was driving. And there was a borrow ditch that was snowed over. You couldn't see the ditch. And he dropped the trailer in it, and it was loaded, and it tipped over as he was turning around, you know? But shouldn't he, he was someplace he shouldn't have been, doing something he shouldn't have been doing, not focused, not on his, on his situational awareness. It was, it, all of the things pointed to it was wrong. So the snow on the road, the crowns. I mean, we've had another driver that was just plain out lost in the dark, got disoriented, and... I mean, he was like a quarter mile out in a field. There wasn't even a road. And we had to have a tow truck drag the truck like a quarter quarter mile or several thousand feet just to get it back up on the road. And, you know, so we have to have situational awareness. We have to have the forethought to go, hey, I better check if it's okay to deliver out there. In these snowstorms, I mean, the freezing conditions, do, am I able to scrape the trailer out and get the grain off of the sides clean enough so I can go haul a load because it's only six degrees out there, or there's just there's a lot to what we do. And you, know, it's, you have to have situational awareness and the forethought to think ahead, right? I'm loading at Coors, weather's fine here. What's it like in Fort Morgan? Blizzard-like conditions, six degrees. Am I going to be able to see down the road? Am I going to be able to see the driveway? Am I going to be able to see the entrance? Is, you know, 
well, I'm not going to worry. It's it, The weather's too bad out here for me to get out of the cab and clean out. I'm just going to go haul a load. It can't be that bad. And all of a sudden, we've got grain in something or something like that, you know, where we can't have that. I mean, it is not an option, right? If, I'm, if I don't want to clean out in nice weather, I'm damn sure not going to want to clean out in bad weather, right? Instead of being too hot, I'd, I'd rather be too hot and clean out than too cold because that's just even more complicated. Yeah, the I, I was sitting here thinking, Dave, is you know our wonderful state here and and Super Dave. I know you've brought this up lots of times. Is how many times have we driven around the state and been in four seasons, all, all, <laughs> in, the, all, all in, in the same day, yeah, all in the same load <laughs> yeah. or all in the same day? Four seasons, no yeah. problem. But that's that's part of our state, you know. And something the driver mentioned to me this morning before we held him up, which I just ran into it. Um, you know, this summer, luckily it was, it was warm and nice out for, for me to shovel for, you know, about two hours and help the driver out. But he immediately mentioned that his GPS routed him, um, some back roads out to the dairy, Dave. And, you know, the, you guys, I love the technology, the GPS, you know, tells you whether you can make it to the pit or not, what the traffic is and all like that. But what I ran into is this summer is the GPS gave the guy directions to go around uh, because the road was closed. But what the GPS didn't realize was some farmer walked out because his road had blown closed and dropped a closed sign right in the middle of the road. Well, that's not reported to Google. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, there's, the, the best way is on the highway, the same route we ever we always go. The same not a, route that's in the book. Same route that it's in the book. You stick to the script. You can't make it up. And if we need to make it up, it needs to be a discussion with everybody. Yep. Because the more Here, feedback, the more successful we're going to be. Absolutely. Here's the number one thing. Stop. Yeah. Just stop and call someone. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was a bit of a case this morning. I was going. Yep. You know what I mean? There was some, I'm going. It doesn't matter what the roads are like. I'm going. Yep. Right? I, I heard the highway's closed. I can get around it. I'm going. Where We'll pay you to wait. We've always paid you to wait. Just stop. Give us 15 minutes. That's all we're asking. Give us 15 minutes to make an educated decision, and we'll move forward from there. Because generally, it's going to be the best best decision. We can roundtable. We can regroup. We can do whatever. Because it's, it's not a simple decision. Old Ron, Captain Ron, he had a great saying, and I repeat it all the time: "Big road, or excuse me, big truck, big road." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, yeah. you're spot on, yeah. Dave. Because yeah. we used to send him to golf courses, which <laughs> yeah. was a cart golf cart, yeah, path. cart path, big yep. truck. <laughs> yep, big truck, big road. Stay on the big road. Yeah, yeah. That that was the end of my Coors issues, you know, and that relates to bulking as well. You know what I mean? All those weather. It relates to everything, right? Not just Coors. So. like it. Yep. All right. I think this is our second week of tips and tricks. Um, Fred Powell, he had one, Uncle Freddy, and that was uh, your TPMS may be in the wrong location. So if you're getting an alert on your truck that your you know, left rear inside tire is low and you go out and you check it and it's fine, well, maybe check some other tires. Mm. So, you know, and then write it up, make sure the shop gets that relocated or whatever they got. Yeah, yeah, gr- great I, tip. But again, you're already out there. You got the hammer in your hand. I can't walk. I can't just hit one tire. You know what I mean? <laughs> just hit them all. Yeah. You know, yeah. just just check where you're at. Even better. Yep. And then uh, Ray, <clears throat> he's going to be doing this every week, I believe. And he said, uh, now that it's dark, we all come in. 
in the dark, so backing into spots is a little more difficult to get into, especially in the red yard with no lights. A trick you can do is get out and turn on the marker lights on the two trucks that you're going to park in between. That way, you can not only see each side, but also the way down the sides. Also, if I still can't see, I will put the hazards on. I feel like it does make the lights brighter, but most of all, get out and look. Yep. Yep. So, great tip there. A couple things to add to that is roll down your windows, especially if they're tinted. Right. Right? Because you got, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care how young your eyes are. You can't see out of those tinted windows as well as you can clear windows, Man, right? I, yeah. When I'm making a left-hand turn onto my block at nighttime now, on my way home, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't feel like I could see good. And I'm just like, well, let me roll that down yep. as I'm turning. You know? I run those windows down constantly. Even right up here, same constantly. thing on 56, making that yeah. left. Yeah. I, I got to roll them down to see. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Also, especially this time of the year, running in foul weather, got to clean your mirrors and windows. Yep gotta clean them man you gotta not just that front windshield your mirrors need to be clean your side windows need to be clean and use that back window mm-hmm. clean that clean that back window yeah that just adds to your senses yeah right when you're yeah. navigating between from mirror to mirror your eyes are picking up what's in that back window use it here's one other tip or trick use a spotter if you gotta if you're not red yeah. out and you're having a hard time yeah man don't be scared to ask for somebody to take, right they don't have to drive your truck and tell you which way to turn your steering yep. wheel because a lot of people have too much pride for that. But they can tell you to stop. And if they tell you to stop, stop. it's a good idea to stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking about, about this statement here with Ray, and I was kind of wondering how many people, because he, he said this specifically in this, and I don't want to repeat it, um, but I wonder how many people will come to us and go, oh, I can't do that because the headlights bother me. They blind me. So I'm just curious if... Well, you said the marker lights. Exactly, Jim. Thank yep. you for giving that away. Oh, <laughs> dang it. You, you got that, huh? <laughs> like, we got the same outline? <laughs> exactly. You know, so, so just the marker lights, you guys, if you do that trick. Yep. You know, don't flip on the headlights. Can't, can't see. Yeah. yeah. I have had a couple guys, though, say, turn on the headlights on the trucks on the other side. Mm. light up that area in front exactly. of you or behind you yep yeah. yep yeah, that sometimes that helps you know yeah. you still you still just got to be slow cautious and know where everything's yeah. at yeah i would have never thought about turning on the light marker lights i mean yeah. I, I just think that's a great idea because yeah. i've always done the four ways yeah you know roll down the windows and try to do the four ways yeah and our know? leds or, are bright or you know when you were when we had sticks I just love to touch on the brakes just enough to bring the brake lights up yeah. or just crack the Johnny bar or the pinch yep. valve, bring yep. your brake lights up, and that was a lot. But yep. that's stopping you now. Yeah. You know, you can't can't back up. So, yeah. 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 Also, too, I mean, Mike Bortz, he's, he's, he created the saying, just like you said, Captain Ron, big truck, big road. Well, Mike Bortz has claimed the saying, and I, that, Mike, you should patent it, man. This is a patentable comment as far as I'm concerned, but... Pulling forward is free. Backing into something is expensive. So good job, Mike. Thank you for that information. Yeah. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Yep. Pulling up is cheap. There you go. <laughs> Soup, I've been waiting all morning for this. You want to hit us with a high road hauling? <laughs> I have a high road hauling here for sure. Um, so this, this kind of actually was uh, something we touched on in the safety committee meeting. Um, so we had a driver that took a heavy load down highway 85 and he didn't have his heavyweight permit yet 
Um, and he did it because the drivers in front of him were asking for 30 tons. So he thought, oh, okay, it's okay for me to haul 30 tons. <laughs> so he was, you know, essentially being the sheep in the flock and just trying to do what everybody else was doing. It's a good and, thing they weren't driving off cliffs. Right? Well, I, I believe that people should be more aware of this and try to, like, set this as a goal, right? Not just a just a goal for their work, but an everyday goal for life. But every human being is completely unique. Your exact history, experience, and perspective, along with your interests, skills, and physical makeup are like no one else's. We as human beings are unique individuals, and we must remain mindful of the fact that we, as we live our lives, I'm sorry, we must remain mindful of that fact as we live our lives. Your life is yours, my life is mine, and so on for each individual. There is no set model or map for life for human beings. Our futures are not strictly determined by our biology, our history, our culture, or other factors that become part of our life at birth. We have options and, in most instances, the freedom to craft ourselves based on individual interests, skills, and motivations. In spite of these two truths, there are influences in life that make it difficult for us to act like individuals and to assume the personal responsibility necessary to freely develop our individuality. Sometimes we don't stop to think about the needs and desires of our individual selves. Sometimes we don't have the courage to live our, our, our lives in a certain way. And sometimes the influences of others are just too strong to let our individuality shine through. I'm going to struggle with that word. Um, imagine you're in a boat in a fast-moving stream. The stream's strong current is, quote, what one does. Your boat has a steering system. The, uh, that system is thought, reflection, choice-making capacity, and emotional engagement with the world. But it's switched off when you don't think for yourself. So you drift along in the direction of the current, until only until something anchors you in place, which happens when we get stuck by a question, a doubt, a realization. And this disrupts your going with the flow. Do you take a look around and realize that there are so many different directions you could take? Only if you choose to steer that boat. You may be thinking, but people don't all do and think and feel the value, feel and value and judge the same. There's plenty of disagreement between individuals and groups of people and plenty of different life paths people pursue. The idea of doing, quote, what one does doesn't mean that there's only one current to drift along on. There are plenty of them. And the ones that we find ourselves swept away by depends on several factors, including who we're around, where we physically are, the types of information we are exposed to, and the way we're educated. But a man becomes a lawyer, oh, excuse me, a man becomes a lawyer or a coal miner because that's what his father did. A woman marries, a young, marries young and has kids as soon as possible because that's what one does in her family. A man is the member of a religious faith because he was born into it and never questioned it. The people in these examples may have, to ne- may have never asked themselves what they really wanted to do. They took it for granted. That's what one does. It's to follow in the footsteps of those who came before them. 
It's important to realize as we move forward into the future, we have the ability to make our own choices that are best for us, our own life and circumstances. When we do just that, we will be happier, feel more fulfilled, and become empowered to sail our own boat in the river of our choice. And I absolutely love this quote. It's something that I think maybe teenagers should sit down and (laughs) think on. But there are two great days in a person's life. The day we are born and the day we discover why by William Barclay. Wow. I like it. Well, I'm going to kick the final thoughts off just because of your high road hauling suit. And uh, it's just a quote I really like. And Brother Dave, you mentioned... You know, my other quote about (laughs) the way somebody does one thing is the way they're going to do everything, right? Well, this is another quote I like, and it says, people like us do things like this, and that's by Seth Godin, right? We put our shopping carts away. People like us, that's what we do. We roll our windows down when we're backing. We go above and beyond. We try our very best, you know? You could take that quote for a lot of different things, but when you look at our standards, these are the things that we do. Wow, very good. Good stuff. Our bar, huh, Jim? That's our bar. Yep. I've said it before, and I'm just going to say it again. Do the right thing. Spike Lee. And and it's it's easy. You don't have to look back. You don't have to think twice. It's the right thing. You know, it's every single thing we've talked about today when you just do the right thing. So I'm going to leave it at that. I like it. Yeah, mine, you know, we talk about or, or... in business or stuff like that, you run across where we've used the expression to pull a weed. Um, you know, sometimes you might have, you know, a, a bad employee or there's something going on and you need to you need to pull that weed. And I ran across a, a story the other day that the the guy was talking about himself and and uh, you know other people, and that a lot of us, you know, we might not be happy or we don't think we're happy, so we we try to do more things to make ourselves happy and his story was if you if you look at your life like a garden sometimes we spend so many so much time you know just trying to take care of the flowers and and water them and stuff like that because that's the part that makes us feel good but sometimes you have to step back and maybe look at the stuff that is robbing the energy from you that's that's feeling bad it might be something even personal where you're you don't think you're good enough. Well, that that energy is robbing from the good stuff. And I don't know if some of us realize that some days. We had our, our uh, a good friend out yesterday that we were we just talked with, and, and uh, his son had an accident back in college, and hit one of his son's comments was, you know, all that I'm just useless. And he's, you know, he was like, no, that's you're 19 years old. You had an accident. This is where you learn, you know, but he was already, he already took something. It wasn't good, but he, he, he was dinging himself. And, and so I guess I would have to ask if you have somebody, you know, possibly in your life or how you feel about yourself or, or other things going on, maybe you have to look at them as a weed because if you're not tending those weeds, weeds branch out. You know, they send the little feeder roots out, and pretty soon they're overtaking your garden. So if you're looking at your garden, you guys, maybe spend a little more time on the weeds, and your and your your flowers will blossom. So kind of my my last thoughts there. Love there it. There you go. 
Soup, you got anything else? Yeah, I'm just going to follow up on my high road, Holland. You know, everybody questions themselves, but um, do what is best for you. Do what you feel that is going to make yourself thrive and uh, figure out why. So there you have it. Yeah. Amen, my Good friend. stuff. <clears throat> hit the creed. Let's hit the creed. Together we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together we are the JFW family. Right on. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week.